locked one time. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Bailey alongside my critique and fan in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of Bears, Beats, and Bailey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how did you spend your Father's Day, Ricardo? Ah, uh, it was good. Uh, bought shoes for my dad and slept. <laughs> All right, I, I bought a clone for my dad, yeah. one of those gift sets thing. Yeah. Bought the cheapest one which came up to like 200 TT, you know, the right. rest was like, well, 650. I was like, what? Yeah. 650, yes. Yeah. And I checked out, um, well, a show that you recommended, um, OJ Meet in America. I yes. actually watched all five episodes. Yeah. And yes, folks, we're going to review that later right. on in this um, episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, Ricardo, I know you had some stuff that you wanted to talk about before. So. Oh, so speaking of Father's Day, this E3 passed and it had like two or three or four big games that really? reference dads. Oh, dad stuff in this E3. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so uh, this E3 pass, and I'll just talk about the dad games first and then the other games. Right. So, um, the latest God of War game. Serious? I yeah. didn't even know there was a new God of War. Yeah, game. God of War 4. Um, it's using. It's seemingly, I think they use the engine from The Last of Us because it's a totally different look. It's, right. it's third person. Uh, it looks badass, and then Kratos is a dad in this one. Aww. Well, at least a second dad because remember, he loses children yeah, and family yeah. in the beginning of the first game. And he has a dad. Kratos and son. He has a dad, <laughs> yeah. He has a dad beard. Kinda, he's slightly out of shape. Uh, he teaches the son to do hunting and all kind of stuff. And then he had to fight a troll. And he's the new voice. This is the big exciting part about it. So I heard that T.C. Carson, if you're not familiar with T.C. Carson. I'm familiar with the name, but yes, I can't remember what He used to be show. in a show back in the 90s called Living Single with Queen of the Fever. Oh, yeah. shit. Yes, I short, remember that show. Short, yes. dark skin, black dude. Real yes. charismatic. Yeah. Yeah, surprise, surprise, I looked up to it. Wow. Oh, good anyway, man, do it, man. But, but no, yeah, but you're yeah. right. So, T.C. Carson was the voice of Kratos in the first three games. All right. Right? And Didn't but, know that, but yeah. Yeah, but for this game, he's he's out. So, I was like, I was worried. And I was kind of worried that they're just going to replace him with some generic um, voice actor or Nolan North or somebody doing all the damn voice acting all the time. Right. right. Um, no, he's replaced by Christopher Judge of Stargate One fame. He played Tilk. Okay. And this, because this, this Kratos is older and more, more reserved and back up, you know, and, and, you know, lean back everything. Yeah. Character more quiet. And I didn't know. I, I was like, well, I'm trying to peg this voice. Who it is? And then Christopher Judge on his Twitter is like, yes, I am Kratos now. So, <laughs> so you can talk about it. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. It kind of raised a little, a little red flag because I remember when Batman v Superman ended, um, I was thinking, who's going to play um, Darkseid? Mm-hmm. And I had, I had Christopher Judge in my head. It's like, yeah, you should be Darkseid. You should be the next Darkseid. You should play Darkseid. Coming up in the, the next DC films. Now. So, so that, that, that and, name just consciously just popped in your head. Yeah, Christopher Judge was the first person I had in my head. Um, you know the guy who was from, um, from Underworld? Uh, with uh, Creed, Creed, Creed Bessensdale. The, the, the black, uh, black guy who was one of the wolves. And he yes, wrote, yes, and yes. the guy wrote it as well. 
Yeah. Yeah, apparently yeah. he wrote I, it. I, I didn't even know that, but I yeah, know the guy. He, he kind of low voice. Right. Role. He should have been a good uh, He could have been a good dancer. I can't do as well. Anyway, this guy's in new Christopher Judge is in new Kratos. If you're familiar with um, Teal from Sagitashi Star- 1, who's a show I love. Mm-hmm. Um, right, indeed, yeah. he's a great voice. He has a great look. He was in, he was in the Dark Knight Rises for a little while. He had a little small piece. Okay. He's playing one of um, Bane's henchmen. Oh, serious? Okay. I yeah. thought he was one of the cops or something. No, nah, no, nah, yeah, he's one of Bane's henchmen. And I'm just so glad that he came in. Anyway, he's the, he's the first dad for the show. Um, then, um, he has a war four. Okay. They had a whole sequence where they showed the, the, the new characters getting on, fighting, 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 and they had to get into a mansion. And then, the, at the end of the, the demo, you see old man Marcus Phoenix, who was the main character of the franchise before. And it's like, well, he's something along the lines of welcome home, son, so and so. Like, yeah, cool, dad, another dad. Yeah, another dad. And dad. then, the strangest dad of all, which is probably the, the standout for this whole issue for me, which is Hideo Kojima's latest game. Um, which is? Oh, where's this? Something standing. The name, you know the name Slipman right Dead now? Dead Man Standing. No, no, it's um, <laughs> something standing or something like that. And it's Norman Reedus. The, the trailer is really bizarre. And yeah, so Norman Reedus is, Norman is Reedus providing is a voice. Playing, and he's mm. playing a dad. Or, like, or, you're wondering if he's playing a dad because the, the trailer has him holding a baby. Uh-huh. And then the baby vanishes. And you see, like, the, the trailer is really bananas. And you see yeah. the, um, him walking, like, naked on the beach. And you see, like, the little baby, like, the, the pitter-patter of his hands crawling all over his body, like, but it's ink spots. And then they, they pan, then they pan down to Norman Reedus' body, and you see like a big slice where, in his stomach, like where's the cesarean section? Should right, be. right. So you wondered, wait, he was pregnant with a baby at one point. What the hell? And then they show like a, a log shot, a log, a big wide shot of him, and they show like a bunch of dead, dead fish, like whales and dead sea life on the beach, beached. Sure. Yeah, and then they show these five guys floating in the distance, and then all of them just fly away. And like, okay, I have no <laughs> idea what, I have no idea what, what going on. Yeah. But that trailer looks amazing. I, look, Hideo Kojima, you know, about a year ago, he had Metal Gear Solid 5. It really suffered because of Konami. And now Kojima doing his own thing, Kojima Productions. Great. Oh, he has his own production Right, company. new production company. Lovely. Start, yeah. And he was, this game was supposed to be a silent hill game which got cancelled by Konami. And you know, you find thing is, it have, it, well, as you were describing this thing to me, it had a silent hill right. kind of feel to it. Yeah. And yeah. uh big thing about this one, though, is he... The trailer is, is total mystery box stuff. We have no idea. Game most likely not finished. Mm-hmm. But hopefully Hideo Kojima will get his finish, his vision finished. And really well done. Looking great. So what's the name of the game? Is it yeah, a... Yeah. Is, what is by? Uh, I think Death Standing? Death Standing? Yeah. That's, so. a, that's a badass name though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's that. Yeah. Anyway. Norman Reedus was also work with Hideo Kojima. Uh, Kojima. Um, this fella called Pacific Rim Director. Guillermo. Del Toro is involved. Right. Uh, we're not sure if he's still involved. I don't know. Not, not too sure. Wanna be think um so another a bunch of other great stuff came out. Um stuff like Silent Hill came out. Uh that guy little something. Resident Evil 7 come out, I looking at something. A Spider-Man game is coming out based on the current upcoming Spider-Man game. Homecoming, alright. Yeah, homecoming looking great. But it's based on that world, but I'm not sure if it's is it's like a side story. Alright, is it but some kind of cell sheeted stuff? Can't remember they, they yeah, had a Spider-Man yeah. game. I can't remember the name of it, but right. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That had that cell sheeted yeah. style too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh what else came out? Um, bunch of great games. It had this game, um, Detroit Become Human or something like that. That looks great. It's a, a detective game, same David Cage style games. Where okay. If you're familiar with a game called uh, Heavy Rain, similar to that, where right. you get to, your decisions matter for the future outcomes. Um, Mass Effect 4 looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, Andromeda looks damn good. Um, they had a trailer. It looked great. Uh, what else came out? Other things that... Oh, the new Legend of Zelda looks amazing. Oh, yes. I saw... 
you know, yeah. like I saw the trailer of it in my yeah. um, Facebook feed. Yeah. Didn't get around to it because yeah. things happened. But um, oh, yeah. how, how does it look? Look amazing. It, it, it's reminding me of um, this game. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus a little bit. As a Shadow of oh, the Colossus okay. is look, looked it. I'm not sure what they're doing. Apparently, the, the, the running joke is that Link could jump for the first time. <laughs> so, right. that's a big thing. Yeah. And yeah, the CG wasn't particularly special, but it just had stuff that we already see before. Yeah. You verify other stuff. And then it's like games I will see myself buying. Yeah, I think but maybe that's why you didn't really see so much news about it online. Right. I thought it was because of E3, you would have seen a lot. What happens that nothing nothing was nothing new was other than other than Death Standard, uh nothing was was um released that was new. Right. That was surprise. Like that was the only game that surprised me. Um that was in tra- particularly impressive. And yeah. you know, full main. Mm. And I it's a total mystery box trailer. So yeah. we don't know what's going on in it, we have no idea. You know, it's a total, it's a total J.J. Abrams style kind of mystery box. You know, you have no idea what's going on. You have to see the final product, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, but that's it. I mean, this this E3 was, was cool. It was, I had fun with it. I didn't follow it. That's the thing. I didn't follow it. I just kind of get the highlights. Right, right. A couple games, couple games was forgettable and, and, and came and went for me. Like, it had um, Days Gone, which was just another zombie game. <laughs> Days Gone. Yeah. Um, it had Titanfall 2, which I was too hyped about. Titanfall 1 was a bit of a disappointment for me. It had good stuff in it, but overall it had terrible. It was kind of terrible. Right. And... Um, a bunch of other games that just came and went for me, and, and that's about it. This this E3, because for what I understand, Sony and Ubisoft is the only ones who pull out anything interesting. Nintendo was terrible, except for Zelda. Almost all of Nintendo was terrible. Mm. They just had a bunch of Pokemon stuff, and that's pretty much it. Mm. And Xbox had a couple things that was kind of interesting, but um, still kind of boring. Battlefield One looking okay. There's a Knights game that looking really cool. I forget, I keep, I keep forgetting the name of this one, where you had to play as a knight, a Viking, or a samurai. What? And it's okay. supposedly realistic combat. Okay. Um, another game that I saw from before. Again, all the cool games we saw before, so again, nothing surprised me. There's a, a game called Neo, which is, I think is, it's basically in the style of um, Ninja Gaiden, but it's in this, it's like Ninja Gaiden mixed with Dark Souls. Uh-huh. So if you like Ninja Gaiden, which is this fast combat, but Dark yeah, Souls, which is a little bit of combat. Yeah. Right. Looking good, and I think it's um, Team Ninja Gaiden, if I remember correctly. All right. Can't remember. But what about, what about fighting games or any um, like racing games? Or you don't, or you're not really uh, into those kind of games? If you had to come why, why not? Why not, Ricardo? If it had to be new. The fighting games don't do. Street Fighter 5 have a bunch of, a bunch of extra stuff. I barely played that. True. Uh, and I, I heard bad things about Street Fighter 5, so right. I didn't bother to downplay it. Anyway. Yeah, so that's E3. E3 not really worth talking about that much. It's just to cover up. And just the quick survey from that stuff. Uh, yeah, gotcha. Just quick news to cover up. Um, Orange is the New Black new season came out. Yeah, it came out uh, Friday. Last yeah. week Friday, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't got no chance. I'll binge watch it tomorrow. So I'll yeah. try to binge watch uh, sorry, binge watch it uh, this weekend. Sometime, out. yeah. Or sometime. Yeah. Uh on very, very unfortunate news as of yesterday from the time of recording. Um the death of Anton Yelchin, the actor. Yes, yes, uh, yes. I, one, I, I got the news last night. Yeah, you know. it was re- wow. just uh really, really sad. And it's a really freak accident for Mortar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's something with the cows and neutral and pin him next to this gate or something like that. Yeah. It was really, really sad. And yeah. he's young. He's yeah, 20, 20, 27 years old. Um, he, he appeared in is, Terminator Salvation. Right. Of course, the last two Star right. Trek movies. Yeah, and this one coming up here too. Basically, yeah. Basically, he's the new checkoff for the new Star Trek. And well, yeah. that seems to not be the case anymore. So it's yeah. really unfortunate. I don't, know, I don't know if they'll replace the actor, replace the role. Or they yeah. might kill the character off, I'm not sure. I don't know, but don't um, know I'm just hoping that they, that Paramount and Bad Robot don't do like Universal and really try to cash in and, oh, this right. actor's like dead, Paul so Walker. come and see the last movie with yeah, him. Like Paul Walker. Like what they did with Paul Walker. Right. No, but he was, he was an actual promising actor. He did a, one of the movies I liked with him recently was uh, Green Room with Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Which, which was, I want to see. Yeah, with some racist, racist indie rock band types in a bar. 
really strange, but really, really well done and very funny. Right. Um, yeah, but he's a good actor. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I liked him in um, yeah. Into an Eater Salvation. Yeah. Too. I hated the movie, but yeah. I like his so, yeah, He had his roles. He had some some good little, little spots. And yeah, it's just it's just a, a, a young film snuffed out too early. It was really, really sad yeah, and yeah. unfortunate. Really unfortunate. Though, so. Yeah, so 2016, F.U. Wow. Yeah, so a lot, lot, lot of got punches for him. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, got punched. Well, got punched, Mr. Mohamed Ali. <laughs> yeah, yeah, slice. yeah. Cheese, uh, right? So, so uh, many good celebrities just just going off. Ah, you know, we and, and we now reach like 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 the first half of the, the first know? half of the year and you know, all, this all of this year. So, uh, ah, yeah. anyway, marching on. Um, okay, so we did. What did you saw? We saw. Yeah, we, well, I saw The Conjuring two. Yes, sequel to um uh actually a horror movie that I enjoyed back in twenty thirteen called The Conjuring. Yeah. yeah. Once again, directed by James Wan. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, we both saw Finding Dory. Yeah. Which is the I would I don't even want to call it a long awaited sequel. I would just yeah, say it just it, took really long for them to right. make this movie. Right. Yeah. And then and, we um, and then we saw well, the we documentary. Saw OG made in, in America. America documentary. Yeah. Okay, was he was a guy named Ezra? Ezra Edelman. Yeah, Ezra yeah. Edelman. Uh yeah. Uh, he I, I saw him did a, a, a interview on um on MSNBC with um Lawrence O'Donnell, I think is his name. Alright. He and he kinda explained the nature of the show and why the show was made. No. This, it's I don't, it's, it's kind of unclear to me why, but O.J. Simpson is popular for some reason, right? Nowadays, it could probably be because of a resurgence of you know race politics or identity politics, and the nature of O.J. Simpson as a person, yeah, what he represents, who he represents, what he, what he is, um, his life, his career, and you know his legacy, what he became, and you know it's it's he what became the nexus of you know everything that was pathological in the United States socially. Mm-hmm. And we had OJ, the People vs. OJ Simpson, a couple months back, right? Right. Yeah, fiction show on I think it's FX. FX. Yeah, yeah, American Crime Story. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that series was great. Yeah. Um, I, I but the, the only thing, the only thing that was, I had a problem with was um, the portrayal of OJ Simpson himself. Oh, and That's it was a uh, Cuba Gooding Cuba Jr. Jr. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he played the role quite. I, don't, I thought the role wasn't directed quite well, but it was based on a book. So from what I understand, that the narrative that book put forward right. about um, Do you have an idea who wrote the book? Because I'm wondering. I really the author was in this. Uh, was interviewed in this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I really forget the guy's name. Um, but this now is a kind of counter. Now this the, that to me, I, I thought that series spun it as if OJ was guilty, but unstable. That's the narrative it put forward to me. That's yeah. what I got from it. Um. This kind of was a little on the other side of the argument. So this was saying, oh no, well, OJ might be guilty-ish, but it kind of kind of airs on the side of in his favor. Yeah, a little bit, um, because it's one of those kind of you know these these because of the, uh, uh, a debate like this, um, you know, it's it's one side is wrong for the right reasons and the other side is right for the wrong reasons. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Every time you have these big big debates like that, it's moral confusion. Yeah, it's 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 people moral heuristics. Clashing with other moral heuristics, not really clear narratives. No. And I'm just going to talk about this. I just want to say this documentary is fucking amazing. Yes, it is. Um, I, I will crap. say, hands down, it is yeah. one of the best it's documentaries I have ever seen. Yes, sir. And this, uh, is, this is coming from somebody who probably watches yeah. two or three um, right. feature length dom- documentaries a year. Yeah. This is Oscar Woody. This, this is, is yeah. probably this one of the best movies. This, this might get something. This, uh, this is going to get some Emmys for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. Much like how the, the this I much like how uh, the people versus OJ Simpson had a game too. This could get MEs too. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, well it's based on the ESPN 30 for 30 series. Right? Right. 
great series on 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 football stars mostly. Um, it, they did, but it's a lot of sports celebrities. The last good one I saw was the one on Bo Jackson. Okay, great. This is a solid series. Yeah, it, it gets into the life. Okay. It, it you know it's great. Read. And ESPN, they just get a truly, as well as a truly good talent in terms of just telling a narrative and building a narrative. Yeah. But there's a lot of material to work with. Because it's not just OG. Exactly. It's not just um, a trial leader. Yeah, it's they, not they, even just the time period the trial took place in. Which is all documentaries on their own. And a lot of people attempted documentaries on their own about all of these things. Yes. And it, I, won't, I won't say come up short, but this documentary just went above and beyond the call of duty of doing, putting forward a narrative for you. Yeah. And, and they do this so well over, yes, over the course of what? Five, five episodes. episodes each five, one talking so about uh, 90 minutes. Or so. and, yeah, about yeah. Uh, uh, 90 minutes. Or yeah. So, so yeah. it was it was originally, from what I understand, and this is what I remember from the document, from the interview, it was originally meant to be five hours long in total. Right. Right. And then he say, no, it, let's, just t- let's carry it a little further and build up a longer, grander narrative about O.J. Simpson. Yeah. And, and what O.J. Simpson means. So it, it's not O.J., um, it's not OJ made in America. It's OJ made in America. Yeah, that's what it is. It's really about this man, what he represents, who he is, um, the demographics he lived in, exactly. his subjective yeah, the, experience the about yeah, his objective experience about race, about class, about um, celebrity, mm-hmm. and yeah, just to see the entire thing just rotate. Yeah, and yeah. Ah, boy, the opening of it alone just just won me over when they just had this. Opening where it shows his parole hearing from his recent crimes involving um his sports memorabilia. Right, right. And they just show how clearly the, the, the original trial from the nineties is going to influence his the, the, the sports decision. Yeah. And it's just it's just this implied statement. Did I say they just ask him about what happened back in nineteen ninety four? They know what he they know what they're talking about. He knows what they're talking about, but he's just silent about it and can't say anything. And it just cut exactly. it right there to start. Yeah, and I was like, because in a sense, kind of like, well, I get away with it. I mean, right. say what you want, he got away with it, but right. you know, he can't really. Either he can't really kind of vouch for himself here. No, right. Yeah. And it, it's the idea is the implied the implication is that well, this crime you would have probably gotten off your parole immediately, but because of what going on in 1994, or the early 90s, 94 is the trial, right? Yeah, 94 was the trial. Right. Because of that, you ain't getting like this is how we gonna hold you. You know, yeah. it's it's the you know that that. You know that yeah, is, it's like perfect um, retribution. Right, that's how they see it, and that's how they. And but in a sense, it's again, it's 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 the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. Because if you have an objective opinion, you shouldn't do something like that. But they did it, and yeah. they did Yeah, it's just total bias on both sides, and it just gets into it covers OJ's story. It, they, they get into they talk about OJ's first wife. Yeah, they have people who have attitude. Um, but, talk but, about race. But, yeah, but even before that, though, um, what what I, what I really loved is um, like even actually in the first episode. Um, they really set up like the time, like yes. the time period when uh, yes. OJ got into USC, started yeah. to play for them. Yeah. And you know, he was just revered as this national hero. You yeah. know, everybody looked up to him. He was, a, he was a celebrity, yeah. literally. And but he was so great. And people, you know, people used to make all kind of jokes and say, oh, OJ could run sideways and most men could run forward faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, you know, we had the civil rights movement. Yes. And I liked how they concentrated the story mainly in Los Angeles. Yes. So we saw the water, the water, sorry. Yeah. We saw how. That started, and you yeah. know what, um, how things develop after that. Yeah. So seeing this guy in this predominantly white university yeah. being revered as I know, that's the thing. USC was always a, it was always a US, uh, a university that was one of those really ivory tower kind of things that really stayed away from the streets of the argument. Yeah. It, yeah. If if anything, they would have had at best, you know, very controlled intellectual debates about civil rights. Yeah. Stuff that, you know, in the end of the day, don't really um. 
come full circle. And it, this is truly time another well another fallen celebrity in, in the real world, uh, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Muhammad Ali. To actually bring himself to some of these universities to talk to these guys. Yeah. You know, it's because it's not because you know the, that's the thing with big social situations is that it's one thing to talk about it in, in this intellectual space, it's another thing to be in the streets with it when you have biased lawyers or like biased police officers or whatever. It's that's like, right. Yeah. Normal stuff. And uh, this documentary really really showed that that. Um, you know, juxtaposition quite. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot great. of parallels. That's great. what I really yeah. loved about it. Great. It's not just about okay, this is how the time is, yeah. how things are set up. This is what happened then, and you see how it resonates. Yeah. You know, and today and whatnot. Can we talk about the editing? Yes, <laughs> this editing, and I, I I forgot the name of the guys, but it's actually three editors they got. Right. They did amazing yeah. job with it. No, you see, we live in like we live in a in a very you know yeah yes we talk about real tragedies of celebrity deaths, but this year has also been the death of editing. Batman yeah, Superman are talking about you. With, with Warcraft, Warcraft although, and Batman although Paul Hirsch, veteran, yeah, I still, still think that somebody came and chopped the film up, but still, right, yeah. but still do. Good gosh, the editing in this movie is glorious. Yeah. What I loved about the editing though is that you would see a shot, like a, a piece of footage, yeah. in episode one, yeah, and then it might show back up in episode three yeah. or episode five, and, 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 and it, you know, and, right, it shows and that it collects, it connects narratively perfectly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <sighs> what more is to say? I don't want um, to. We could spend. We could spend a whole episode yeah, just talking yeah, about but, it. But, uh, wait, all right. Well, let me just say um, a couple of things. Um, right. So, growing up, I didn't really know much about OJ Simpson. I think I mentioned this before. Right. I didn't really know him as just the guy, the black guy from Nick. Nick right? yeah. And then this case happened with you know um, Nicole Brown and yeah. You know, I honestly I didn't really follow up much about it because I yeah. was young and dumb. I was, I yeah, know, I was, I was, yeah, I was about ten at the time. Yeah. Uh, nine. I, I mean, I was looking forward to to like. You know, summer blockbuster movies. Right, exactly. I know, but it was something that. No, okay, so the first time with OJ, I never understood how trials. I used to, in my head, I was always thought that trials used to take two months at most. Oh, okay. And to right. hear that a trial took a year is ridiculous to me. It was, it was um fifteen months, I think it, it took. Right, yeah, about, right, about, about a little over a year. Yeah. And in my head, it was like, why so much people paying attention to this? And I don't know how the older cousin was supposedly, you know. Uh, into it, and he was like, "Yeah, you think he's guilty or not?" I was like, "Well, yeah, stupid." I don't know. <laughs> like, I didn't really exact, but you get yeah. a sense. But the thing is, it's because of the nature of the night, and this is where the, the people versus so OJ series did well, right? Which is you get into the the nature of technology and changing demographics and celebrity, and then the idea that a black man could buy justice, quote unquote. Yeah, so they kind of show how right the, how the, every how the, yeah um, how, right exactly. So it's just a a brutal perfect storm. And I like how they, they, they do it in this in this documentary with Marsha Clark. Oh, Marsha Clark vastly underestimated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How things can play out and how things can go against your favor and how the tabloid media influence stuff like this. Remember, she changed her hair and what dress she was wearing. Yeah, there was actually what was the significance of the white dress. Right, right. And she, you know, and she, what? yeah, it was clean. And <laughs> yeah. she totally, like, it, you really feel bad for her because you're like, wow, you don't get how things could just change. You know, the landscape of how something could change. Your quote unquote rational thought yeah. could just totally be undermined by stuff like this. And this is yeah. where Johnny Cochran uh, and them do such a good job with. Exactly. And um I I like and oh yeah, speaking of Johnny Cochran, I like how you saw like both sides of yeah. you know, his involvement in yeah. this case. So some people yeah. like, well, you know, he just doing his job. He's he's the best in his field. So yeah. this is a one time opportunity. <laughs> yeah, but the other hand is like, but dude, why are you doing this? Why are you bringing yeah. up the race car? Yeah, why are you bringing up Adolf Hitler? Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was dirty pool. It was real yeah, dirty pool. But, it, but it, again, it's one of those, you know, right for the wrong reasons, wrong for the right reasons type scenarios. Yeah. Where you, like, looking at it from just, you, there's no way you could be, quote unquote, truly impartial in this whole scenario. Exactly. It's 
virtually impossible. You have to be an alien from another planet. <laughs> yeah. So you, you have to be completely oblivious. Right. Towards going you have to be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're that oblivious, then you're not even involved. You're not supposed to be involved anyway. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's why uh, that's why it works. I still love Courtney B. Vance. She has to go back to <laughs> the people who, who played um, play, Cochran, right? Cochran, yes. Yeah. And um, this was it was a good counterbalance to this to the, the miniseries. So the miniseries yeah. is a workable fiction. This one is a workable documentary. Yeah. And, and I, I actually say, would love to. I actually want to see the right. people versus OJ. Yeah, and it was the scene. Yeah, it was it was Yin versus Yan for that because the thing with, as I always say, fiction is with fiction stories and narratives. It's it's telling the truth through fiction, whilst with a documentary. Telling you fiction true or true. Yeah. That's the, the double balance now. One of the reasons why I think documentaries are fundamentally intellectually dishonest. <laughs> that's a different debate. Right. Um, um, so let's that, just get back there for a second on what I was saying before, right? So yeah. growing up, I didn't really know about it, but I knew, I, I mean, I saw the verdict and, you yeah. know, everybody, and how people reacted to it. Yeah. I thought, well, you know, that was it. But, you know, after seeing this movie, and yes, over like throughout the years, uh, I learned bits and pieces about what happened. And yeah. you know, yeah, he really did it, but you know, how yeah. come he got away with it? Right. But in this movie, they just fully illustrated everything that went down. Yeah. You, you saw um, what happened prior to the murder. You yeah. Know, you saw how um, detectives, whoever, right, may or may not have tampered with the evidence. Right. You saw everything. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, they, they got into that part about what it is um, framing a guilty man. Yeah, three minutes. Love that. Man. Yeah, I love uh, that. That's a classic kind of scenario because again, it's a great moral situation, which yeah. is, you know they're guilty, you know they're gonna get away, but what are you gonna do to deal with that? Yeah. Classic three minute guilty man. It's it, it's it's breaking the letter of the law, but operating within the spirit of the law. Yeah. Classic moral, you know, confusion scenario. You're doing a bad thing to deal with a bad, a worse thing. Quote exactly. Unquote. Yeah. But great, but what I, what I truly, truly, truly loved about this show, um was just how it always goes back to like race in America. Yeah. It's always about Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. one minute one minute OG is being praised and yeah. then next minute he's he's um, I, I, he's, he's um criticized or right. in this case well ostracized by the same people who and it's interesting, know, right. And it's yeah. interesting to see both sides flip on the matter because now exactly. you have white people who love OG all the time and black people never like OG. Yeah, and then black people is all like free OG, such, free OG. Right. And, and then it's such a paradigm. Yeah it was green. And it was like one of the I remember there was a interview with a reverend and he said well um Either reverend or or, or, um, or activist. Right. This is what he. Yeah. He said, "Well, basically, he was just the vessel that we we're going to use yeah. to express what black right. people were thinking at that time." Right. And yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's fascinating to watch how people who never really, you know, that's the interesting thing about, as I always say, with with social systems. You don't know where you're gonna come from to get your opening. Yeah, that is what George was. Some people argue Donald Trump is that now <laughs> with, with politics. Right. It's like you know, a whole bunch of people who supported Donald Trump don't care about Donald Trump. Is that what Donald Trump is doing? You open my back door to a yeah. particular, your particular political beef, whatever that is. It's, all, it's, all, of, it's all chess at the end. Yeah, right. Uh, and it's that waiting for a strategy, waiting for time. You know, exactly. There's a cynicism to it. And, you know, Johnny Cochran exploited that. Everybody's exploited. Nobody innocent in the matter. Yeah. Um, well, there's, there's a couple of things before, before we get to our, um, our rating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, editing near perfect, I, I, I should say. Um, yeah. I love the music as well, too. Yes. Um, although that brass one, that yeah. sad brass one, yeah, I, I realize this is like this whole tactic that they love to use, like with documentaries or like yeah. shows that deal with American politics. Yeah. Um. So like they have Spike Lee's. I remember the one that he did with the um the levies, right? Yeah, yeah. So he uses Terrence Blanchard's, you yeah. know, that sort of brass horn music. Yeah. So it always brings that kind of sad. emotion, yeah, that yeah. weird man. You know, it it kind of remember a lot to with the theme song for House of Cards. With yeah. The theme song with the theme. Sorry, the music yeah. generally for that. Yeah. Is I don't know, it's something about 
jazz music and this yeah, yeah, one yeah, yeah. bring that's, that's, that's music. Yeah, exactly. It's all that's Americans. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. Just um <laughs> interviews were great. Yeah. The, uh what else? The pacing and all was great as well too, because I actually watched all five episodes through. Yeah. Um Yeah, you binge watch that. Yes, I, I I actually I pick it. it off I pick it off over the period of the week. Yeah. Well like wow you I didn't expect it to finish it you know, I was like wow. Dude, but no, but for watching the whole thing you really do see how all everything all connects and I love that. Yeah. Okay, you know, sometimes you see two episodes and then you you go back the next day, no offense. And like, oh yeah, remember that. But actually right. seeing everything on right. is like good. Wow. Okay. And yeah, um, put it if, right. if yeah. I just have one one tiny little gripe is that the, the, the last episode, um, part five, yeah, didn't have that much emotional heft to it. Right. In the first half it did when we saw the verdict right. of the case and you saw how Ron Goldman reacted yeah. to it like that, that really hit my heart. Yeah. Run. Especially um, the other guy, the one who had OJ try the gloves on. Right. Which was stupid, but at the same time... Yeah, Darden. Chris, Chris Darden. Yeah, that's him. He, no, he wanted think, to do and, something. And then to take away the book. I don't know if he... I can't remember the documentary. Did the documentary cover this when they told him told OJ to not take his pills? So his hands would swell up. Or something like well, that. They mentioned... Well, one of his friends, I think his agent, mentioned something about that writer said, yeah. Right. Yeah. But he said his hands would swell if he don't take his pills. And yeah, that's they didn't mention his swell. That, they just that, right. That's right, and that's why his, his hands couldn't fit the gloves. Like, yeah. Gus was supposed to quote unquote fit. Yeah. And Darden was like, he just went out there. And he, Darden, listen, Chris Darden, props to Chris Darden because he made excellent decisions eh, that didn't work out in his favor. He made some really smart decisions. He, he, yeah, but some people has thought he was stupid for having him do that. No, no, no it, was, it, was smart, it, was, it was a smart choice, but it was a smart choice that didn't work out. I, in my opinion, All I right. think that was a smart choice, but right. that didn't work out. Yeah. You know, it's one of those those scenarios where it's a very smart and rational choice, but yeah. if something switch up, it'll break you. Yeah. And, and I think he took a big risk in that. And, one, and one little thing that I picked up, though, once again with parallels. Yeah. Remember, I think it's in the first episode where they mentioned that um, that OG was trying to beat Jim Brown's record. Right. And yeah. then there was, later on, there was this younger fellow, Marcus. I think um, it's Marcus Brown or something like that. No, Marcus something. Yeah. And there was this whole thing about maybe he was jealous of Marcus because he was younger and more talented than, right. than OG was. So we, um, when they when they talked about this guy here, they were talking about well, he was going up against um, Cochran, right? So yes, like this same, whole kind of yeah. battle, that kind of yeah. that whole American thing, yeah. always wanting to be better than the other person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing with with, with Darren. Darren was uh, he was supposed to work for George Cochran. He was, they were friends, and he. All right, I just yeah. thought they were just like no, you know, they, were, they, were, they, they knew each they, they knew each other. They had to. I mean, statistically, they just had to. Yeah. Black lawyer, black lawyer. Yeah, Cochran yeah. older, he younger. Um, and he was ultimately, I think he was supposed to work for him. And then he ended up coming against him. And he didn't know how bad Johnny would have beaten him. So yeah. that's a whole thing now. Because he, he actually really resented Johnny tactics. And you know, just, Johnny just played really dirty pooler. Let's admit that. Yeah, he did. He you did. know, it's, it's that, that level. Of, it's a, but it's just an interesting paradigm that played out. Um, I'm going to give him a rating. Yeah, yeah, give it, give it, give it. Well, I do already reference no rating for TV shows is the same as. Uh, for movies, but I give this a must see. It's high. I'll give this like a 9.5 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Documentary, in my opinion. Uh, it's really well done. It should win Emmys. I expect it to. Mm-hmm. It should. Because it's very good. Yeah. It's very. Agreed. Totally. Very agree. well made. Very touching. And they really balance it quite well. Yeah. Without, without, and, but gives, but gives an opinion. Because that's what my thing with documentary. They always say that with documentaries. If you try to be truly impartial, you'll make a shit documentary. This doesn't be, it's not impartial. Let's be clear here. It's not a fully impartial documentary. Mm. You know what? I thought I got a sense of what side they were on in this. But they, they gave everybody a voice. Especially people like Mark Furman. Like, even Mark Furman got a voice. Yeah, yeah, he did. And he, he did. was painted really badly throughout the trial. Exactly. Yeah. 
but he did what he had to do. You can say right. at, at that at the, the um, right. time of the, the trial. Itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Well, for me, as um, rating goes, all right, guys, I'm going to say this is probably one of the best documentaries I've seen mm-hmm. in ages. Yeah. And as far as movies go, yeah. I'm just talking about just everything together as a, as a whole. This is one of the best movies I have seen for 2016, guys. Yeah. Just getting out. Yeah. Just so getting out of this. I. This <laughs> <is> my big <laughs> list. All right. So. I see this being in my top ten. Yeah. So this, this was so good. Ah, uh, yeah, I want to yeah. wrestle with this thing, but right now, nah, I, I, I added this letter of the bad guys. Five out of five stars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See this movie wow. before you yeah. die. Binge yeah. this whole thing. Yes. Yeah, or if you're not into binging, just watch each episode out. But you know, don't give it too much a time between each episode, or yeah. else you won't get the big picture. Right. It's really seeing how the big picture and how it all unfolds. You'll right. just be blown away yeah. by it. Right. Guys, definitely see this movie. Ah, uh, yes. All right. All right. So up next, I'm going to talk about, um, well, basically, this is just me reading out an album review that I did yeah. on my um, blog page. It's um, a review for Jay-Z's debut album, Reasonable Doubt, uh-huh. which came out on June 25th, 1996. Yes. Yeah. So um, in the next few days, mm-hmm. yeah. this this album will be celebrating its 20th anniversary. Yeah. Yes. 20 years of fast has gone. I, and yes, Jay-Z has been rapping way before that as well. Yeah. So I, I, we'll get into that I happen to love this album. Um, Me too. Feel of, it. Uh, <laughs> you love feeling it. Yeah. Hearts yeah. of Full Track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's almost, like, almost every track in it. They're really good. Great album. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jay-Z's a big, a big fan of Jay-Z. Yeah, but, but, quest, but question, right? Because um, mm. I don't want it to just be about just me talking about but um, was this the first Jay-Z album you ever listened to? No. Um, I actually started off with his second album, Volume 1, in my um, First Jay-Z album, right. Yeah. That was, um, which one of the hard finish? That was Volume 2. Right. That's, yeah, the, that's the one I, I followed up with as that, first, after that. It's yeah. the first Jay-Z album I listened to because my cousin bought it. Right. He, he had it. And then the first Jay-Z album I bought personally bought was The Blueprint. Ah. Right. Another classic. Another yes. classic. Yeah. Truly good album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love, it's one of the first albums I encountered. And again, I was so shocked by it because every track was good. Yeah. You know, at albums, again, I, I don't pretend to be some big rap fan or anything like that. I'll skip tracks. I'm the kind of guy that say, hey, if there's, oh, not, if there's no I, pull me in, if there's no pull me in within the first 15 seconds, Jack will get skipped. And right, I, 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 I don't. I actually listen through everything and just judge the whole right, album. No, but, but, well, like. that's what, like, okay, at the time, this is, I was 16 at the time. So my attitude is, well, it'll pull me in 15 minutes. Right. F- sorry, 15 seconds. And while you skip the track, and then I'll come later and then listen to the track after. And I'll, if I like jogging or something like that, or doing something, or doing something to walk, whatever. I used to, I used to jog and walk since then. Yeah. And this was one of the first albums that you actually, did, that was the first album for me that actually did that. Mm-hmm. Where I'd never skipped a track. Every track you listen to, I was like, wait, this song good too. So yeah, even even right now to the bonus tracks, I can imagine, right? Yeah. Like lyrical exercise. And then, and, and then, when girls, I, girls, I, girls remember, remix. I remember, I couldn't find Jay-Z album because this is long before Amazon. <laughs> um, Not even with, 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 with Kaza or whatever. No, no, or no. Kapsa. A friend of mine had a, it had a, like a little, a bargain bin place. Right. He carried me to and he's like, hey, you know, it has some cool rap, rap albums here. And it had Jesus Reasonable Doubt there. Selling for $50 TQ or something like that. What? It was super cheap and it was good, still pretty good quality. I would love to find that place. Sir. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody just had it. Like, why you have this? Like, whatever. Got it. Bought it. Mm. Love it. And it was the second Jay-Z album that actually had me. No other Jay-Z album does that. Where it's only these two Jay-Z albums that I would sit down and listen to the whole thing. All right, well. I can't um, say any other Jay-Z album. 
Blueprint two definitely not. Oh well, Blueprint two definitely not. Um, three was was he was he one Dynasty? Dynasty was one. Dynasty was familiar. Didn't really enjoy that much. I find it was too much of a downer. Although um we did got we sorry we did get um one of those introductions to uh Kanye West. Yes. Oh no, yeah, 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 right. Um, but in terms of like favorites for me, I also wrote this on my review. Um. Well, Volume Two, Hard Knock Life, yeah, like it. Don't really love it too much. I, I like the which commercial vibe of it. Yeah. Blueprint for sure. Um, Black Album, which yeah. was the yep. 2003 love farewell it. album. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, Black Album is another album. I could, but it, every track don't pull me. All right, but it's, a, I, it's an album I love, especially yeah. like um, with this um, December fourth. Yeah, yeah, I and, love um, December fourth. I love um, oh gosh, Public Service Announcement yeah. from Just Please. Love yeah. that song. Uh, Encore, Encore. Love it. Love that love song. Encore. Them, them, Even them, my first song, which ended horns. off, I, I find that was a nice way to end up. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, then Kingdom Come came out, which, yeah. and then came out, I was like, oh, yeah. that's, that's it. <laughs> really? The only uh, good song which, really was, was Show Me What You Got. Yeah, no, no I actually like um, the last track, Beach Here. I didn't dig Beach Here. Yeah, I was just, I, uh, Beach Here was okay. <laughs> uh, and no, then which, Ameri- track, which album had Dope Man on it? That uh, was um, American Gangster. No. No? Dope man. Dope man. They call me dope man. Dope man. Uh, I'm the whole clothes man. Get those clothes man. I can't remember that's, what that's volume three, I think. That's the. Oh yeah, yeah, volume three. Volume that's the album with Bill Pimp. Forgot about volume three. Yeah, that's the album with Big Pimp on it. Yes, which yes, was yes. shot in Twitter that video. Yes. Um, volume three was decent as well too. Not yeah. my favorite as well too. Right. Um, yeah. But um, I really loved American Gangs as well too. Yes, that was a good show. This was before I even and saw the, winners, the movie, but winners, yeah, I an excellent track. Yes, and the winners and love that. Um, what I loved about it was it was a concept album. It was yeah. just him taking that Frank Lucas persona yeah. and lifestyle. Yeah. Imagine himself as his gangster on the rise, and then yeah. you saw the eventual fall. Yeah. You know, it betrayal and enemies and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. to me, that was like the last best Jay Z album. I yeah, mean, for me, others that came after wasn't really big on the the Magna Carta one. That is <laughs> Yeah, yeah, his latest. Uh, yeah, yeah. So did you track with Frank Ocean? Like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, waves. Yeah. yeah. Although I was wishing for a video for that. That was yeah, for real. Been I thought it. I thought it. I thought it. I put out. I thought it. I put out. Yeah. Speaking of that, everybody pissed off. Frank Ocean didn't come out. No album. <laughs> With no album this year. You know. Uh, the man, man at work. Like, yeah. Give, well. give, you know, be patient, guys. Yeah. Right. But anyway, um, so that's reading a little bit, but you could you could intervene however when you want to, right? Yeah. So Reasonable Doubt, like I say, was released on June twenty fifth, nine ninety six. Um, it was the first album to be released by Rockefeller Records, uh-huh. which was a label created by um, Demon Dash, Dash yes. um, <laughs> another <laughs> friend of theirs, Kareem Biggs Book, yes. and Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. So basically, Jay-Z was, um, well, he started off um, collaborating, well, he, he was part of a collaboration with a rapper called Jazzo. Yeah. The name of his song was Hawaiian Sophie. The video for it was kind of goofy in a really Fresh Prince-ish kind of yeah. way. But, you know, and at the time, it was just, well, I want to rap. I want to get this opportunity, but you know, so I'm doing it. But at the same time, this is not the kind of rap I don't want to do. You know, right. I want to be a little bit more edgy. I want to talk about where I'm from and all that kind of stuff. Right. At that time, Jay Z had this really rapid fire kind of flow. Yeah. Like kind of thing. We can tell like now he's got older. Which many people prefer. Yeah, I actually prefer that bit. Yeah, a lot of friends, a lot of friends wanted to see more of that. Now here's the thing. I Jay Z is an interesting figure for me because on the one end. You understand why he's so popular and why he's so big. Right. But when you actually think about it, punk for punk, I never thought he was ever that talented as a as a rapper. And this is only because of his mainstream appeal. Right? And then when you look yeah. back, and when you look back at his early stuff, it's like, no, he actually is talented as a rapper. That was never the case. Yeah. And he, you know, I, I call it the modern the Madonna effect. Is that you know he had to change his paradigm in an interesting way for him to be mass appeal. Yeah. Lyrically, I think Jay Z is excellent. 
Of course. That never yeah. changed. You know, yeah, we could argue about um, one or two albums or one or two <laughs> tracks. <laughs> but and yeah. but I always thought lyrically he was always very strong. Um, but it's just the style and the flow you wanted him to change it up and had it be, again, the early stuff. I have a lot of friends who would argue that Jesus' early stuff was the best. And he, he, they, they thought he was completely ruined by going, quote unquote, going mainstream. Again, it's a classic, oh, so, it's a classic music so hard, argument. So Hard Knock Life was, was, was the beginning and the end then. Right, that's why a lot of people saw it. Now. And it's a classic It's a classic debate in, in music you see a lot. This whole hipster, old fans versus new fans stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know, how much, how much the artist has to sacrifice to become you know, popular. Whatever. Well, true, but you could argue like at that time it was all about punk, then it was all about. Exactly. I have to, I have to prove more worthy. I want to get he the attention somebody, here. He is somebody that impressed me outside of music because, you know, the, par- the narrative you had in your head was. Uh, Oh, Damon Dash is a businessman. He's just a talent. Yeah. You know, it's it's like with Puffy and Biggie. You got yeah, that in yeah, your head. Yeah. And then you realize, oh shit, Jay-Z is also the businessman too. Exactly. Jay-Z is smart, smarter than Damon Dash. He keeps like, like Damon Dash was dead weight at a certain point. <laughs> I also thought Damon Dash was this big, smart businessman. And, you know, he was just a, he was just a, a figurehead. Figurehead at best. Yeah. And, you know, he just, you know, da- you know dancing with, with Moe Butler in the video like a jackass. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait, Damon Dash is dead weight. Holy shit, Jay-Z both his talent and thing and that make me respect him here's a simple rule of thumb if people have conspiracy theories against you you're doing something right yeah and the reason being with that whole thing um also mentioned this too because he always had that he was a hustler you know um yeah you know so in between time when he you know rap deals would work and yeah he's trying to shop demos in and work he yeah sold drugs right and that was 30 by, years ago know, which is um, Marcy houses which is an overrated narrative but whatever yeah. <laughs> i think he just do that like once <laughs> 30 years ago <laughs> But I don't know if he did it on a regular basis or right. whatnot. But anyway, so um, the album came out. People were aware of it, but there wasn't really that much of a big success until it was re-released by Def Jam. Right. So you know Def Jam, and you know he was under their their, um, their mm-hmm. umbrella yeah. for a while until I think it was when Blueprint Three came out and he did the whole Rock Nation thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So after it came out through Def Jam, the album was a success. And what it was, it was really like another entry. A lot of people say it's the first of it, but it's not. It's actually um, another entry in the whole mafioso gangster Paradise, subgenre yeah. of yeah. like East Coast rap. Yeah. Where it's all about you playing this persona of like a like a Vito Corleone or yeah. a Tony Montana yeah. or whatever. And I will argue that the, the first one, the really originating album that did this was uh, Rayquan's from Wu-Tang Clan. Right. His first album, Only Built for Human Links. Another favorite of mine, if you haven't listened to it, definitely check it out. That was the one that really brought this whole... All right, we uh we um Frankie Noodles or you know yeah, making yeah. up these kind of pseudo Italian gangster names to fit your persona. No? Yeah, that was how it was. So yeah, Method Man and Woody B had their had their mafia names as well too. Right, right. Um, so with reasonable doubt, now Jay Z did something a little different. So instead mm-hmm. of this glorifying this whole life, like yeah, I'm a gangster, it's all about the duality of it all. Right. So yes, you you gain the riches and the women and all that, but at the same time. There's all this paranoia, all this fear, all this psychological stuff that's messing with you. Right. You know? And just him trying to rise above that and just really be a better person. And yeah. that's what really hit me hard with this. And it's this whole kind of gangster duality thing that uh, Notorious B.I.G. Yep. did with his second and final album, Life After Death. Right. But in his case, it was all this automated life kind of thing. So he's all talking about, you know, somebody's going to kill me and then, you know, look at what happened. Right. Or this rapper be for me. I'm, co- I'm coming back at you and look what happened, you know? So, anywho, so I'll just do like a little track by track review of it. Right. So you could always cut in as well, too, right? So we start off with the uh, first track, Can't Knock the Hustle. Yep. Favorite of mine. Classic. Um, features Mary J. Blige mm-hmm. doing the vocals. And, Truly yeah. Classic, yeah. And um, 
we get um, our first introduction to one of Jeezy's um, friends. He calls himself Pain in the Ass. Okay. Don't know why he's called that. But he's the one who always does these little intros. Like, he did it for the first three albums. Right. Where he's always, like, imitating some, like, some Al Pacino character from a movie. Yeah. So, in this mm-hmm. case, he does a scene from um, from Scarface. So, he's like, hey, big man, you want to mm-hmm. make some big bucks? Let me see yeah. on top of your ass. Yeah. You know some book, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was yeah. him. And then after that, we get this really, like, nocturnal beat. I love this beat, dude. I don't know, like, for me, every time I hear it, it almost feels like you just, on the passenger seat of this man's ride, like, yeah. Jesus limo, whatever, and you're just driving through yeah. the streets at night. you just getting this whole dark vibe, you know? Yeah. Um, it's actually produced by, uh, uh, well, a producer called Nobody. Right. <laughs> Nobody, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's K-N-O-B-O-D-Y. Right. I love the drums, I love the bass line in it, and with this, we get, like, a lot of cocky, um, braggadocious lines from Jay-Z. So, um, a couple of lines I really like is, uh, we, c- we get together like a choir to acquire. Let me say it again. Uh, we get together like a choir to acquire what we desire. Right. And the line that he, co- yeah. he follows this up with, we do dirt like worms, produce G's like sperm, until legs spread like germs. Right. And then the last, um, Cora, sorry, last verse, he says, um, my pops knew exactly what he did when he made me. Try to get a nut, and he got a nut and what? Right. So that's kind of a reference to his dad who left him when he was yeah. only 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So um, definitely love this track. I love the, the, the flow. I love everything about it, right? And then we get Politics as Usual. Yeah. Good track. Yeah. Love, love, it. love this track as well, too. Um, produced by Ski, mm-hmm. who is now known as Ski Beats. I don't know if he's, if he's still called Ski Beats, but whatever. I love the smooth, soulful instrumental about it. I forgot the, 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 um, the actual sample that it's from. I know it's from an old R&B song, but whatever. Yeah, and he's just really talking about just that daily, never-ending stress of living that hustle life, you know? Right. He has to deal with the cops, he has to deal with rivals, he has to deal with customers, always asking him for, you know, product or whatnot. I know it's just like, you know, I have to deal with the good and the bad. So that's that's life for me, you know? Politics as usual, right. you know? And then we get Brooklyn's Finest. Of course. Which Love features it. Notorious B.I.G. Yep. And DJ Clark Kent, who also produces track, he does the chorus. He does the hook, sorry. Yeah. And then we get Pain in the Ass for the second and last time, fortunately. And he's doing this reference from Kalito's Way. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm reloaded. Okay, yeah. That kind of thing. I remember a lot of DJs or a lot of rap songs used to reference that, okay, I'm reloaded line yeah. in other songs too. I'm not exactly sure why it's there. I mean, it's there, but it's kind of funny when you hear it, but it really has nothing to do with the song right. or whatever. Right. Yeah, so basically with this track, we have Notorious B.I.G. and Jay-Z. They're doing this kind of, it's really this battle they're doing. So yeah. this whole back and forth thing. So every verse, each man is trying to come up with, like, one, trying to one-up each other with all these kind of crazy mafioso lines. So um, I remember, well, well, of course, with Notorious B.I.G. winning because he's Notorious B.I.G. Right. Um, and one thing that really, well, well, one thing you should know about these guys, the, well, one thing is that Notorious B.I.G. doesn't write his, 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 his lyrics. Right. So when he got him on board to be on this track, because he actually heard the, the, the song and wanted to be on it. Mm-hmm. So Jay-Z was like, well, yeah, look, 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 uh, look at Notepad. Write on this. Like, dude, I don't really, I don't write my lyrics. No. Right. Like, yeah, I don't write my lyrics too. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey. Um, best friend, yeah, become instant BFFs. Right. So, um, Notorious B.I.G. has some of the best lines on this track. So, one of my favorites is, um, shoot your daughter in calf muscle, fuck a tussle, make a pleated, sprinkle coke on the floor, make it drug related. Right. And he also has this really clever line in the last verse where he talks about, um, gotta go, Coolio, mean is getting too hot. If Faye had twins, she'd probably have two packs. 
Right. So like a reference to Tupac now. Yeah. Um, and I also like the, the little, I also like DJ Kraken's beat. Yeah. Really upbeat. I love the little pianos that. Yeah, I love that. Great track. And next we get into Dead Presidents Two. Yeah. And to be honest, I never. Is we take this we take Nas beat? Yeah, yeah. Well, Nas sample. Well, Nas sample, right? So the thing is, this was the this was the Dead Presidents that I was introduced to. I I never heard the first. Dead Presidents before. Right. I heard it like a few years afterwards. I love the beat for this. Is this really downbeat piano assisted beat? I really love that. Yeah. Another song to write to as well. Um, he has some great lines as well too. And basically, tone of this song is just about you know just him doing what it takes to yeah. you know to live that life to get the money yeah. to get the Dead Presidents. And of course, the Nas sample which yeah. was lifted from his remix for "The Will Is Yours," mm-hmm. which was produced by Keith. By the way, yeah. Yeah, so it's that line where he says, I'm up for presidents to represent me. I'm up for dead presidents to represent me. I always find it was funny that he used the censored version of that chorus right. yeah. for it. So it's on like dead or for presidents to represent yeah. me instead of the... It worked, know, yeah. But it would. It would. It gave it that kind of feel to like, you know, it was like yeah. a DJ yeah. scratch in the background. Yeah. But I love that. It would. <laughs> you get the feeling that he could get it with the uncensored version. Yeah. But, uh, uh, <laughs> like, he does do it quick, though. Yeah. And, of course, you know, with the Jay-Z, Nas beat... Beef, sorry. Yeah. I love where okay, in the song right. takeover where he said you made it a hot line, I made it a hot song. Yeah. And that is what he did yeah. with this song, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> no, literally, if it really yeah. wasn't for that sample, yeah, that song would have been forgettable, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, well look, what is yours? A classic song. Of course. Yeah. I actually love the remix. I actually love the remix as well, too. It's yeah. a lot darker than the original one, but yeah. I love it. Yeah. And um, next track. One of your favorite songs, Peeling It. Yeah, love it. It features <laughs> Mecca. I have no idea where she is. The high, the high that you'll get from the line. <laughs> yeah. Um, the hook. Yeah. This is the biggest hook in the world, but it works. Yeah. It has this kind of lead back, kind of relaxed vibe. Like, like this kickback, like. I did the jazz uh, piano. Sip some orange juice and just chill. I did the jazz piano. Yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 the music video for this is You know, I was just about to mention the music video. Like, you know, you have your. your I always see this. This is like the. Shabarang. Right, that was a lot of man. I was going to always have the girl flexing yeah. that kind of way. That I, I think she dressed this girl. Same, uh, same bikini. Same outfit. That, that crappy 90s bikini. Lady, this bikini. Oh, Lord, yeah. yeah. Always make it, always, always get me about that that video, right? It's like, you out in your, your motorboat, you having fun, you chilling, being dashed there, drinking <laughs> wet, having fun. And then you have these two guys just come out, yeah. <laughs> just firing shots, like, what? <laughs> yeah. And it's it, it a part of the dude that bit off a cliff for some reason. Oh, yeah, something like that. It's, it's, it's some Jamaican guy yeah, who's yeah. doing some Arrasco, deal yeah. and then he called him in the bed. <laughs> all these kind of gags and shit like, yeah. you're supposed to be on your vacation. Though. You yeah, no, it's, it's a ridiculous video, but it, it's it's hilarious and it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It does. It's, it's very funny. It's fun, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the next track, track number six, is The Evils. Yes. Or called very, Devils. Very, 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 very um, good track. It's produced by one of my favorite all-time favorite um, producers, DJ Premier. Mm-hmm. Great with boom bap production. In this mm-hmm. case, you get that. But I love the moody instrumental. And I think he used a gospel record mm-hmm. to get that. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah. Doom, 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 mm-hmm. doom. That plays all true. And I love the samples that he uses. He uses both um, Snoop Dogg's Murder Was a Case Again yeah. Me With the Dare. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. I wonder if you see yeah. And then a lot Prodigy. Of samples, from, a lot of samples um, of this. <laughs> Surprising. Yeah, Big and then sample. Prodigy from... Um, well, his contribution to the LQJ track, yeah. I shut your remix. Yeah. Where he says, um, Illuminati got my mind, soul, uh, I'm about you. Secret mm-hmm. society trying to get um, onto me, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how he, how he 
um, scratches those in the chorus. Yeah. But in this track, he's just really, t- um, Jay just goes deep and dark into the old evils of the yeah. pursuit of money. And, you know, it really goes, he really has this, I don't want to call it nihilistic, but it's just like, you know what, this is just how it is. Yeah, yeah, My yeah, mind yeah. is just messed up right now. Yeah. My mind is warped right now. I don't even know what's going on. And one thing I didn't want to mention in the review, but I might as well. Um, this was one of the, the tracks that, like, I don't know if you're familiar, like, in the early, like, in the 2000 leading up to now, a lot of um, Illuminati conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah, conspiracy Always, like, the point figures and say, yes, this track's yeah. talking about, yeah. it's about devils and of all course, about that yeah. kind of stuff because the lyrics, you know. So stuff, he, yeah. yeah, so he says lines like, I don't pray to God, I pray to God. He, yeah. And even the last line, which I love, um, and even if Jehovah Witness Betty never testified. Right. So, you know, a lot of those conspiracy theories, I just sit around and say, well, you know. Yeah, this is where you look at this and all that. <laughs> But thoughts on, on those people, just quickly. I don't yeah. know if you can go long about it, but... You you know. can't, look, I, you can't do anything about that. I, my attitude is that if he wasn't popular, you would have never heard that. I, I totally that's agree. It's, it's, it's something that's come after the fact. It's one of those po- ways called post-talk reasoning. Yeah. I, I don't waste my time thinking about it because, like, if... I sure it had... It had to take for somebody like Tech 9. Oh, yeah. How yeah. come people don't jump on Tech 9? Yeah, I remember he said, some, yeah, he said something. And Tech 9 is like way yeah. over the line. Way over the stuff. line when it comes to that kind of yeah, stuff. By that standard. Yeah. Um, so I don't waste my time thinking about it. It's just Jay-Z popular. So that stuff will get popular. That's what it is. Exactly. If Jay-Z wasn't popular, and Tech 9 was super popular, people would be like, hey, Tech 9, super evil. Yeah, ban Tech 9. Don't listen to Tech 9 right, music. Right, exactly. Yeah. Tech 9 not that popular, even though it's a rapper I love. Yeah, um, he's one of the most... He's, he's underrated, though. Like, no, yeah, not all, all these years, he's still underrated, though. Yeah, he has but, a really rapid fire. But you, you get why... Uh, you know, how, how I see... Okay, so here's how I see this stuff. In, in just only, I was thinking about it the other day with somebody else. Um, with Oh, I was, I was listening to Future's latest album. This um, is Purple Rain. Oh, that was... Uh, not a big Future fan, but... Uh, right, oh, I like... Uh, <laughs> but I like his track, um, Wicked, now. Right. And a lot of people... I was watching the video for Wicked. And it leads me to think, oh, well, watching the video for Liquid is very heavily designed by that crappy Beyonce card. Uh-huh. It's shot similarly. With yeah. the flashing light stuff, strobe uh-huh. light stuff. And then I was thinking, why does that... Oh, I was thinking, oh, you know, when it gets into the whole Illuminati stuff, uh, why people just think like this, it may have people who will embrace it. You're like Tech Knight. Yeah. And I, I can't help but think of syncretic religions. So you have a bunch of black people in Trinidad who call themselves Christian, but they're really still phobia. <laughs> yeah. That religion and it's that that squaring of things. Mm. It's the religion, the religion, it's African stuff. And I, that's what I think Tech, tech Nine is coming from. It's him embracing African stuff. And you know, a lot of religions is very um, emotional. Yeah. Is it not? I thought you going to say um, very, very. Um, oh gosh, I thought you going no, to come to England. No, no, right. No, but there's a there's a emotional social aspect to religion. Yeah. So you can't just up and say, oh, well, every this religion can't spread all over the world because of this. No, it have a it have a reason why religions spread the way they do. It's not because of the, the claims of the religions, but yeah. they do yeah. music and culture and all this stuff. And the African stuff, which was literally demonized by you know Christianity's history, the relatively recent history. Uh, so a person saying, well. And that's where I think the conflict comes from. The person saying, yeah, I like this religion that is clear, it's catered to my uh, emotions right. and culture, but it's because it's literally demonized, some people might go to the point of saying, well, yeah, okay, I worship the devil. It's not that I actually worship an entity called Satan, it's that I'm still holding on to this thing. Yeah. So that's where I think it, a lot of it kind of comes from. So it's it's justified in that sense. I don't know if Jay-Z is... is no, uh, no, I, I, I don't, don't at all because you know he mentions God a lot. It's a spin-off of something in black culture, I think, Yeah. Where... We have black black Christians who hold on to Christianity hard and say, oh well, the only old ways was yeah, um, it's demon stuff. 
But then you have people who hold on to the old culture. Yeah. And then, because they can't control the narrative, and like, like this guy, one of the big problems with Sub-Saharan African history is no written records. Right. So you can't really clear your arguments up too well. Everything is, is word of mouth, griot culture. No? Mm. And that's a big thing there. So yeah. that's where I think it comes from. That, that, is that all these hang-ups that still exist? Okay. That's okay. where that's my yeah. number two cents on the matter. I don't know. All right. Well, well for me, I like, you know... It's, nobody claims. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, nobody it, claims. My thing is, like... um. Because me, at first, when I used to hear these songs, like in particular, I used to, like, um, one song, like the final track from Ray to Die, from Biggie, Suicidal Thoughts. Yeah. So the first line where he says, when I die, fuck it, I want to go to hell because I'm a piece of shit and right. I fucking tell. Now, first time you hear that, it's easy like, for you to whoa. think, well, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. really shocking. But right. It's when you really think about it, you understand the suicidal thoughts that, yeah. you know? So you could, you could judge for yourself, whether, you could debate for yourself whether... Oh well, Biggie is secretly working with Satan and blah 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 blah. Right. But then and that is a person's last thought. You know, right. you don't know. You never been what the person been through. Right. Is that kind of same parallel, of course, with um with the evils? You don't know how this hustling life is. Right. It kind of makes you question yourself, your moral, your morality, your sanity. Right. So for him to say, well, I don't pray to God, I pray to Goddy. I understand it. It's a smart line. Right. But you shouldn't just read it like, oh well, he doesn't worship God. It's yeah, just, I was thought- It's just kind of like. Nihilistic. It's just yeah, really sh- like I wouldn't call it shock value, but the same thing is just him kind of stressing. This is how money could warp somebody's mind to the point that yeah, you you pray to God, you pray to God, you know. Right. I also um, also people who attack attack people on this level always operate in bad feet. Like the mere fact that they attack them on this level by saying that they do this and that is why you shouldn't listen. I remember MC Hammer made an anti GZ track. Just to I remember a, that. Yes. Just to start a feud and. I couldn't help but see it as being completely cynical on his part. That, was, saying, that was so dumb. Well, MC Hammer has, has no career now. And Jay-Z is super popular, so I need to start a feud. And if I can start a working feud, that'll make me popular. Yeah, but you remember that's how it started, right? Up. That was from the um, Empire State of Mind song. So the right. last verse he says, And Jesus can't save you, life starts when the church ends. Right. Which is always that line that Truma off and never understood what he meant. Right. But yeah, he took that... MC took that MC Hammer took that one line just run with it right I think in the chorus you say run you better run run with right, it right 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 yeah. yeah no, but I don't know I, I, I can't help but every time I hear this conspiracy theory stuff it's in my opinion largely done in bad feet yeah in my opinion um, it's people just needing to be it's, look, it is, it's a parasitism you need to something popular and I need to make an enemy of something popular therefore I'll become popular exactly Right, so it's, and it's not people. I know the point that I actually believed it tonight. I right, yeah. point that, but I was like, yeah, well, seriously, yeah, yeah you were saying, yeah, but that's it. I, I think yeah. it's just, it's just cynical. It's, it's. I also, it was very cynical. Right. Very few people actually operate like that. Um, if you, if you were really religious, and you think this person's a, um, you know, a problem, you want to attack them in this way. I agree. If you're really serious about it, that's yeah. I, I, well, So long story short, guys, um, don't go into this song thinking it's about you know wishes and all that. It's just. Yeah. Really, this kind of psychological yeah, it's, it's a, story. So that's right. Think about what you're listening to. That, yeah. That's all I have to say. Right? right. So moving along, track number seven, twenty-two twos. Ah, one of my favorite as well. Too. Love it. And what I like about this track is just how clever it all is, right? Um, so at first, like you know, when he's rapping and all that, I love the tribe called Quest reference. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. part Nice track. Oh, does he? Does he where he, he begin it? Can I no. kick it? Yeah, yes, you one. can. Uh, that one. The first verse, he right. literally says two. The number two. Yeah. Twenty-two times. Right. I counted it with my fingers. Yeah. Yes. Hard. <laughs> he says twenty-two. He says two twenty-two times. Yeah. 
Um, I love the instrumental. It's oh, no, like I'll, tell it, I'll tell you what the track I take it on. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. But what I like about it, what, what will make this song so clever is like, at first, the way how he's rapping is like, you could just picture yeah. him in the middle of this site for this going yeah. off. Like, real, I'd, you know, too many. Da, 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 da. Right. You could picture that, right? But the beauty about it is that he's not really rapping for the sake of the showing off. Right. He's rapping because he wants to make a career out of this. He wants to make a business out of this. Right. So that's where we have Mary Davis. I believe she used to be part of... Uh, she was like the MC of the yeah. situation. In yeah. The, in so she's kind of talking about, you know, you know I, I want to see you make it big and, you know, yeah. I'll have your back and all that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, yes, he's a rapper and all that. When he goes on stage, he can do and say what he want. But when he comes off stage, he's a businessman. Right. He had to treat himself like a business. He had to act like a businessman. So you, saw, you see that kind of parallel in the end where... Mary's talk about wait, stop the music, a guy is yeah. smoking weed. That's why people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. can't yeah, 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 forward yeah. because yeah. you don't want to yeah. public places act properly. Yeah. Guy cuts it, wait, 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 who says so the F up? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I love how she kinda touches yeah. on that there. Yeah. You know, it took me a while to really pick up on that right. point. I was like, oh yeah. I see where you grab it. Yeah, yeah. That was clever. Right? So next track, can I live? Favorite of mine. Um it samples one of my all time favorite soul songs from Isaac Hayes. Yeah. Look of love. But this is this is not really so much a conspiracy, but I just love the whole kind of um, coincidence, coincidental vibe of this, right? So, this song was used in, I don't know if you remember, a movie from 95. It's from the Hughes Brothers called um, Dead Presidents. Yeah. Yeah, underrated crime film. It starred Lawrence Teeth in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, Chris Tucker as well, too. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know if it came out before Friday, but both movies come in the same year. But anyway, right? right? So, a year later... DJ Irv, mm-hmm. aka Mr. Irv Gotti, as you may know, as the founder <laughs> of the now defunct Murder Inc. label, or the Inc. whatever you call yeah, it. Whoever. <laughs> right, so he actually, he actually produced this song. He sampled his song, he made right. a great beat right. for this. Yeah. And Jay Z sounds great over it. I love that. And then 2003 with Murder Inc., now um, Ashanti, yeah. after um, the artist, made actually one of my favorite Ashanti songs. There's a few of them. Huh? Yeah. He made song is Rain on Me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the video of it. I love the song. I love the vibe, I was, right? I was listening to some old uh, Murderink songs to see, like, just to detect a pattern of what, why it is was so popular and why it worked. <laughs> um, but he had one track in particular with R. Kelly. Love that track. Uh, which one? Um, gosh. Was it now a song by If It Wasn't For The Money, Cars, Movie Stars, and Jews? Was it now a song? Oh, um, oh gosh. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. And Ashanti, the course. I forget yeah. the name of it. I yeah. forget even that song, man. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and in the video for Rain On Me is Lawrence Tate. Yeah. So, yeah, coincidence? Uh, you know. The coincidence is being cut. <laughs> That's it. <Yeah. laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So, the next track is um, Ain't No Arum. <clears throat> yeah. Ain't No Nigga. Yeah. yeah. Uh, features Foxy Brown, yeah. Khadijah Bass, yeah. and Big Jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, in chorus, they do one move. Ain't No Nigga Like The One I Got. Yeah. No One Could Fuck You. Right, that one. Um... The beat is very, very, very ridiculously simple. Yeah. It's just this loop. That's a simple loop. Yeah. But it works because it has this kind of bouncy vibe to it. Yeah. Um, and I, remember, I, I don't know if you remember the video. Biggie make appearance in it. Mm-hmm. In it. Um, but really, is this is the song that kind of introduced the world to Foxy Brown. Yeah. Who was 16 years old at the time. I remember wow. I saw a little interview with her. That's a big conspiracy. There was a big thing of who sleep with who. Yeah. So where, at the age. Um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, what I like is that they, they had a, uh, like I saw an interview with her and she said that you know when she when the song was being recorded, she was hearing what Jay Z was singing. It's just these really ridiculously um, vulgar lyrics, all these kind of you know brags and boasts about yeah. how I was sinning when you was with Bobby and Ken and all that kind of right. thing. And she was like, "What?" 
Yeah, yeah. So she just kind of came with this real hard burst. So she's just really trying to reach his level. Now. Right. Like, yeah, I could be just as tough as you. I could right. be. Could be your like you know the bad bitch and literally and right. that's, that's the persona that you need isn't it? <laughs> and this is pre Amila. Yeah, pre Amila. Remember yeah. Amila? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to her? Yeah. Yeah, come on. Yeah, the chorus is alright though, although right. it literally ripped off this song. Ain't no woman like the one I right. got. Yeah. Parents actually, I mean kids actually parents. Right. Right. So friend of four, which is the shortest track on the album, once again produced by DJ Mayor. Right. And what I love about this song, I love the the trombones. I love the. Dun, and you have that play in the background there. And the premise of it is simple. It's just really Jeezy going up against the small group of hustlers because they're like, oh, well, wait, not Jeezy. Tell me I can't come in this stuff. No, no, no. I, I come in here. Who's, who's Jeezy? Right. You know? He's coming in like, yo, guys, I know all they want to start um, shit, but I just tell them all they nicely. Please right. don't. Else right. it'll, be, it'll be trouble for you. You know? In a real reasonable matter, I love that. Right. Um, and I don't know it's something about the music and the whole vibe of it is just have this kind of gangster movie yeah. kind of vibe. Like just think of it like a scene from a gangster movie. Like, boy, you know, get out here, Shane, whatever. That kind of yeah. vibe. Now. I love that. Coming up next is Coming of Age. Yes. Which introduced the world to it's Memphis Bleak. Love this track. Where this is the track I was thinking of. Yeah, I love this track. Um, <laughs> I love the pianos that play with it. I love the, I the drum beat. I would rather. Okay, so I want to do a quick, quick. You know, take on Memphis Bleak. <laughs> yeah, Memphis, yeah, Bleak, please, please, Memphis Bleak has been a massive disappointment, in my opinion. Because it's somebody that should have been great. I, yeah. I thought I thought he was relatively recent under Jesus Wing. Where, you know, looking back at the times of uh the back at the times of TRL 2000s. I think yeah, yeah. oh Memphis Bleak relatively new. Look how he really do much of his career. Yeah, like yeah, and Memphis I mean, Jesus since 96. Yeah, since 96. And he, so had, he had songs. Well, sorry, he had three songs on um Hard Knock Life. He right. was in the intro, right. which I like. Another DJ Premier beat. Right. Um, he was in Coming of Age 2, which I'm going to mention in a bit. Yeah. And he was in It's Alright, which yeah. I liked as a single. Why hasn't Memphis Bleak's career taken off this beyond? I have no idea. But yeah. the one solo song I like, I actually can't call it solo. Um, this song that he brought to his album, I think it came out in 2003 yeah. or 2, called Right Here. Right. Yeah, no, that's right. Just Blaze. I love that. Yeah, that's track. Video was, was, the so track was the track on the video? had to read it. That was a Memphis Bleak track, right? It was a, it was a, it was a Swiss Beats beat. Yeah. You used to go. Yeah. That's alright. That was alright. I just liked it Although I wouldn't listen to it again, but I liked it at the time. Anyway, I remember Serena Williams was in the video. Okay, I didn't even know she was in it. Yeah, I remember she was in the music video for it. Just giving a shot, which you probably see the shot. Yeah, yeah. Like okay, Serena Williams have a big boobs. That's it. Yeah. But I don't know, boy. That he had a chance in those. was catch me. Yeah. He's somebody that I, was, I really thought that he was somebody relatively new. Um, at, at the time, this yeah, is yeah. when I when I was like nineteen or whatever. And then I was like, wait, no, he was there since the beginning, though. Mm. So what, what, you know, why what happened, Joe? He never take off. Well, I think maybe it's just because Ryman Wise, he just not that good. He was, yeah, he's not that good. Like, no, like no, but even if that's the case, even if that's the case, you can still. You can have plenty of people who are utterly mediocre rappers and they made big. They yeah. at least did something big um, in, in a producer work. Yeah, I mean, so collaborate with good people. Like I was going to mention exactly. this song, Is That Your Chick? Right. What Jeezy did? Right. His, I mean, his verse was his stellar, but, you yeah. know, he was on a Jeezy track, which was produced by Timbaland yeah. of all people. Come on. Yeah. But yeah, to me, even B.D. Seagull pulled their career more than him. Even, yeah, B.D. Seagull was way better. Freeway, Freeway was way better than yeah, him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You would have think that he would have been above because he seemed to be Jay Z's right hand man. Yeah, always yeah. day, always in music videos. You know, he just as close to, to him as Beam Dash was. Yeah. 
Um, and one thing though, um, as you mentioned that in this song, um, from Kanye West's album, uh, Lead Registration, yeah, Diamonds of Purple, the remix, yeah, Jeezy, yeah. I mean, there was a line you said, well, you know, Memphis Bleak, you know, you, dude, you, you, I, I have your back, Jen. You didn't even have to do anything. That's not catching me. because I just got me making money for you. That's not catching me. I just took that. Adidas that, never did that lyric to hard like, alright, fine, I didn't need to rap. But I have a problem with that. Yeah. I have a problem with that. Because you don't think at least, even if you're, you're a parasite, you'll still be the, the workable parasite. So you at least try to build and do something on your own. Yeah. So you still have a name now. Yeah. You have a hit. Yeah, uh, well. Yeah, but I anyway, have a problem with so that. So in this song, he's, yeah, so he just played basically being this Ad- up and, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's Mavis Bleak being the upstart. Up yeah, he upstart. And then you think giving him advice. Yeah. Telling him, yeah, he has a, he has a grand. Yeah, actually, I'll with you for free. I love, love that. that I yeah. love that conversation. Close, yeah, close back, yeah. Hot flows back. He's giving advice. It's like, don't blow your door on hot. Hot, he's like, no, right. I have, all I have is my wood and my balls. I don't break them for nobody. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I don't know some, if Jesus wrote the lines. I don't really care, Scarfies, but it's I think that from Scalpies. Yeah, that's yeah. where it's from. Wood yeah. and my balls. Like, yeah. I don't know if Jesus wrote the lines for him for coming of age. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It sounds really good, you know? And I love, like I say, I love the beat. Yeah. Um, But... I like the sequel fit, which was on Hanok, like the yeah. album, where he get where Memphis get real, like he get cockier, trend, he get more aggressive. So yeah. like Jeezy pulls up and like, dude, why are you why are you acting so like fuck you, white yeah, rap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of way. I love how the beat kind of match right. that as well. Right. That kind of you know that um, tension between the two, you know. Yeah. But anyway, mentorship ain't easy. What what can I say? Yeah. And now we get to Kashmir Thoughts. Yes. Which, in my opinion, is the weakest track on this album. Okay. Why? Just quite simply because it's Jeezy playing a pimp slash player and Not it kind of doesn't fit the whole hustler right. drug dealer yeah, vibe. Let's be really felt out of place. Right. The beat is alright, the kind of 70s black exploitation thing. And lyrically, it sounds really good. He has a lot of witty lines in it, but just, just like, it, it felt like a filler track to me. Right. Maybe you like it more than me, but right. I mean, it's good, but just far from great. And now we get to the climax of the album. One of my favorite Jeezy songs ever. Bring it on. Yeah. I love, 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 love this song so much. It features Source Money, which was a uh well a friend of Jeezy's. I don't know what happened to him. And his former mentor, Norton non friend J- uh, Jazzo. Yeah. yeah, there was a pull and out apparently yeah. that happened. I'm not really sure what happened, but they're yeah. not friends anymore. And you know, it's um all, once again produced by DJ Premier. He he, he brings out probably one of his best beats ever. And Everything about this song work. I love the the wordplay from each artist, each MC. Sorry, you know each verse is dedicated to like an MC. So source money comes in first. He has one of my best, uh, one of the best lines ever. Where's um, where it goes like this? Say we was garbage, so fuck college. Street knowledge, amazing. These colors when we coin freezes for dollars. Yeah, I love that line. Mm-hmm. And Jay Z comes in second, and Jazzo third. And what I like is that all three sound like hungry in this track. Yes, yeah. spitting bars is going crazy off of it over this this beat. And then we have the chorus from which takes a uh, a sample from Fat Joe. Bring right. you know anything, wish right. let me do my thing. I love that. That's probably one of my top ten Jay Z songs. I don't know about you. Yeah. But yeah, I love this song. And to close things off, we have Regrets. Another huh. favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Message is simple. In order to survive, gotta learn to gotta learn to live with regrets. I love that. Right. Simple message. And in his case, he's just talking about, you know, the Ups and downs of you know his hustling career, right. and you know just the mistakes and the situations, the bad situations that he was in, and just the promises that he made to himself and to his friends, you know, to be a better man, to, you know, to to move past the bad things, you right. know, to move on, you know. 
And it's something that we could kind of all relate to. You know? I mean, we don't have to sell drugs to understand that. It's simple, right. you know. You know, we all go through bad things in our lives, you know, but it's just a matter of learning to deal with them and learning from them and moving on. Right. right. You know? So, definitely a perfect way to end this album. Uh-huh. Ah, so, in closing, what more can I say? I mean, Jay-Z had a lot of great albums after this, which is seen a lot. Right. I know, like, say, I'm a, like, Nas, for example, everybody thought that he would have something greater than Illmatic. That, that never happened. Ironically, he just never could touch it. Although I thought he closed it, like, my, my, well, he had mm-hmm. Illmatic, which was, yeah. I it was I, good, but no, I, mean, I, was, I, I love it, but it's no. not as great as Illmatic. Yeah. It's the same thing for Hip Hop is, uh, is Dead, which is right. another favorite album right. of mine from Nas. I agree, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And with GZ, we had well, we had well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Volume Two had had enough life is a favorite of mine. Right. I liked it. Right. But you could say Blueprints. Blueprint One, yeah. Um, what's Blueprint, the one? One. Yeah, Blueprint, Blueprint One. Blueprint One for Blueprint. sure. You could say Black Album. We could yeah. say American Gangster, uh, which I see was the last grade. Yeah, I'll say right. To me, if it, there's only um, one album to compare to the first album, it's really Blueprint One. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah, the only Blueprint. album I think Pong for Pong yeah. could hold up. Lyric wise, production wise, right. production wise, yeah. yeah. Blueprint Two could have been that, but it, made it was just too much. Right, that was, that was the mistake stuff. of that album. It should have been a double album. Yeah, yeah. If, if it, it was, felt, it was, if it was a, if it was a single album and he took the tracks I liked that was the best tracks. Now here's the thing, he did maybe he did Blueprint 2.1. Yeah. Which was he basically addressed that same critique by making it a oh, single album and then picking all the best tracks. But the thing is, so many tracks he picked wasn't the best tracks. It, had, it still had really good tracks that he didn't pick. Right. But that 2.1, so the 2.1 was still blah. <laughs> yeah. However, um, yeah. Uh, for me, but even even if he did that. And still, it still would have held up first in Blueprint 1. Blueprint true, true. still better. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but for me, I still say that Reasonable Doubt is the best album. Yes. In it's my opinion, it's currently ultimate. number five in my, in, my, in my best albums of, like, of all time. Yes, yeah. I have a list. Um, and ironically, all of the, all of our top five is, like, East Coast albums. So, yeah, yeah five is Reasonable Doubt. Four is Notorious B.I.G.'s Ready to Die. Of course. Third is Nasus Illmatic. Right. Two is Wu Tang's Entity Wu Tang, Six Chambers. Love that shit. Mm-hmm. And number one, of course, is A Tri Call Quest, Minero Marauders. Yeah. I love, 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 love that album. Too. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, definitely, guys, if you haven't listened to Reasonable Doubt, by all means, listen to it. Definitely a five others, five stars. Right. Listen to it before you die. If you are a East Coast hip hop fan and you need to have this in your collection, if not, dude, why? Yeah. You know? And. Even if you're not a Jeezy fan, by all means, give this one a listen. You won't be disappointed by it. Yeah. So yeah, that's my vocal review of Lovely. Reasonable Doubt. Yes. So we could get back to other I, things. I. Oh, you have any any? Last no, one? I just yeah, this album's amazing. And any favorites of yours? In what? Albums? On the album, any? No, yeah, the, yeah we are don't talk about them. Yeah. You know, of course. Yeah, no, yeah. only you cover you cover everything. Okay. Yeah, pretty much covered. Uh, Sweet. Right, so music wise, cover that. Alright, so um now we I could actually do a list of this later today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have to just cover a little quick we kind of forgot. We a little something in hip hop that was kinda important this week. Yes, we which got is our uh first look. teaser, sorry, mm-hmm. for all eyes on me. Yes. Which came out on the um on well on Tupac's what would have been his forty. Fourth or forty-fifth, probably. Yeah. yeah. So we got it. Yeah. I uh, saw it. I understand if I know correctly. Uh, can, um, Kendrick Lamar's birthday is close or the same day or it one was day the off? Day after. Day after, right? Day after. Okay. His Thank his his, uh, his birthday was Friday. Right. And Tupac was um Tuesday. Right. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday. But right. Yeah. Kendrick was Friday. Nice. Right. So all eyes on me. Um. Whew. Well, yeah. This. Uh, well, well, all right. What I like is that they didn't really show us too much to give us idea of you know what to expect. 
You saw the crowd, the two pack, two pack. Yeah. You saw the shoot less two yeah, pack come out on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. We got that. We got the I can't deny it, you know, yeah. which was from Ambitious as a, as a writer, yeah. that song. You know, um, yeah. we got little snippets of what to expect, you know, yeah. um, narrative wise, but the we show, didn't really get a full story. The show, the show's father, the show thing. Yeah. But then they show, they show him himself, and the way they edit the trailer is if, well, the reveal is going to be so impressive. Yeah. That look like Tupac, and the guy looks like Tupac. Yeah, he does. Quite, quite impressive. <laughs> so when yeah. make the joke, they say, well, those Tupac's still alive, but he actually started this movie. Oh, oh gosh! Yeah, really? uh, yeah. He, it's, it's not. He doesn't look ex- exactly like Tupac, of course, but that, no, and no. that would have been distracted. Yeah, but uh, he looks close. Looks great. Kind of like how that guy did for, um, for Biggie for Notorious, which right. I still think is a great biopic. Just breaks it. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Anthony Mackie playing Tupac. <laughs> Tupac, just yeah. terrible. But uh, <laughs> it was like a last minute effort. Yeah, yeah, that would. Uh, but the the guy that got for Tupac in um. In um, Straight Outta Compton. Compton. Right. I thought he was quite good. Yeah, he was. I thought he, he was, was good better than anyone that he got for Snoop Dogg. Right, like, by far. Oh, much better cast. Yeah, guy who could sound like Snoop, put a bandana, blue bandana. Yeah, it didn't look like him. Yeah, yeah fine, fine. But the, the guy they got for uh, the guy they got for, for Tupac in that, I thought was quite impressive. Look the part. Um, and I thought they were going to use him for the Tupac movie. Because I, in my head, I was thinking the easiest, the easiest route is to do the quote, the, the running joke is the West Coast Cinematic Universe stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the best thing to every, every, every rapper you do, yeah, that's gonna link it to this world. Yeah, I remember you 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 talked about it for yeah. our review of uh, Shadow yeah, Compton. Exactly. You should set that up. They should that set that up. Cinematic right. universe. So tell everybody's story. It's the same world, it's that same universe, yeah. same narratives, so it's still told. Don't sure if, if Gary you're gonna do all of them. Don't think so. But mm. the point is, uh they're gonna link all of them. That's not going to happen with this. Still looks damn good. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure who's the production well the studio behind this. Right. I thought it was going to be um universal. Right. You know, thinking West Coast Cinematic Universe, because yeah. I know Universal did Trailer Compton. Yeah. But I'm not sure. We just got this trailer. No, we like uh, maybe I, I, I didn't see it. I don't know if it's 20th Century Fox. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll have to check it up. But yeah, from what I see, looks very promising. But yeah. all I have to see, there's a lot riding on this. Because we've been waiting for years for this. Yeah. Even before the announcement came out for Trailer Compton, we, we were hearing about, you know, a Tupac, Tupac yeah. back for years. And then, yeah. oh yeah, we got to. Um, we we got notorious, which like right. I say, I really enjoyed. We still waiting for the two pack. Yeah, even oh, even fifty cent yeah game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, get rich or die trend, which is for our F fifty, which no one calls. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. I want to so, be a gig supreme so player. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but it it this trailer was solid. Uh, he looked the part. They really they make it really they really try to sell it on the fact that they have two pack. The yeah. guy looking like two pack. Yeah. Yeah, that the whole trailer was set, set up and edited that way. So, yeah, and uh, I like how it, 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 they kind of link in that, okay, we're going to lead up to, of course, the murder. Yes. Still unres- unsolved right. murder. Right, uh, yeah. they're going to reference that they probably might go into the, 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 the quote-unquote conspiracy theory that yeah. um, Shug Knight was involved. All yeah. that. But I wonder if they, if narratively they're going to do like what Notorious did, where it starts off with you shooting. Right. Then flip it back when he was young and grew up and how you get into rapping and then yeah. end the same way it started. Anyway, we'll see it when we see it. I, yeah. I have high hopes to this one because it looks, it looks genuinely well, com- very competent. It doesn't look brilliant, but no, it no, looks it does competent. Look yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think it'll, it, it, it will be good. Maybe right. not as great. I'm hoping it'll be just and as great or greater than Shudo. Yeah, right. Actually, yeah, I wanted to be on that level. Yeah. So, and it's, it's only, that's how good you could get with music biopics. You can't really get above that, in my opinion. That's yeah. true. But I think I it's just at the end of the day, it's really doing the, the artist. The artist just, just, right. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. So that's it. Uh, to get yourself. Right. So we just have a couple more movies to talk about. Yeah. That being um, Conjuring 2. Yes. And Finding Dory. Yes. Yeah, so um, I saw Conjuring 2, unfortunately, you didn't. Yeah, I, I, against 
Uh, horror movies. I couldn't take. I couldn't find the time. Uh, no, nothing against Conjure, Conjure Two in general, but I couldn't find the time to do to find Conjure Two because the first one was okay. Yeah, I I actually enjoyed the first Conjure movie. It's one of the first, one of the few horror movies I remember actually going to cinema, uh, going to theaters to see. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I was creeped out by it. Yeah. I actually watched it again while well, uh, on the small screen. Again, creeped out by it. Yeah. Um, one complaint that I made while well, I actually did a written review of it on my um on my blog. Yeah. Uh, was that some of the scares, especially in the first half of it, were spoiled in the trailer. Right. But the second half, do especially the third act. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Scary as shit. Yeah. And then again, I'm a I'm a guy like I hate seeing exorcisms on screen. So right. that little exorcism screen, sorry, scene, yeah. scared the shit out of me. Totally But yeah. one thing about the Conjuring that 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 that's the one that had this, Wait, the first Conjuring had the spin-off of Annabelle, right? Yeah, Annabelle came out a year after that. Right. I wanted terrible. to see Annabelle, never saw it. I had a story. Not even gonna bother to see. Yeah. But one thing with with Conjuring that made amazing is that, you know, in today's world with horror movies, something like this would have been easily a P- rated PG thirteen, but this right. one was rated R, right. simply for. Scary. Just yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I remember that was a big selling point. Yeah, there was no like graphic language, no f bombs, not like yeah, that. Yeah. No I heard that, yeah. or nothing like that. It was just rated R just for how scary it was. And I saw it like after seeing again, like right. yeah, well deserved, you know. Yeah. But just something like that was just amazing, you know. Um, but what we, you know, you you thought that the first one was alright? Yeah, I thought the first one was solid. Again, for for horror movies, I didn't go to see it in theaters. Saw it after. Um, cable, I think. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this was actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, um, once again, usually I have a, again I have a massive bias against uh, horror movies. Yeah. Mostly because most horror movies, the characters need to be stupid. <laughs> yeah. And it's really over, so they have to they have to open that it's, door. It's an extra. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an extra level of stupid. But this this franchise made itself work with that sense. Yeah. Um, of well, they have to do the quote unquote plausible stuff, but if it's real and based on true story stuff, which is yeah, largely and, nonsense. And that was that was always the kind of running gimmick with this one. Right. I know, like the first one. Based on a true story, based on the actual characters of um, Ed and Lorraine War- uh, Warren, yeah. who are real life paranormal investigators. <laughs> right. So the first one touched on a case that they handled in 1971, yeah. where this family moved into this house in Rhode Island. There were a lot of weird stuff that took place, and basically they're seeing ghosts, they're you know hearing noises and stuff in the night. So they come in, they investigate. They have the little equipment. They have these two guys. One guy handles um, like the equipment, um, like camera work and stuff. And there was like this one shot where you actually saw like this sort of eight millimeter kind of footage. It made it look really eight millimeter footage. Yeah. And what I really liked about this movie is that it really felt the first conjuring, I should say, it really felt like you're watching a legit seventies horror movie. Right. Even right down to like the opening credits where you saw the little opening disclaimer mm-hmm. and the text comes up in like bright yellow um letters. Really felt like you know, I was like watching the omen or something like that. I think yeah. the omen yeah. or the second omen film did that, you know? And yes, they were playing off the whole, yes, based on a true story. So, and of course maybe they have this to happened, maybe they didn't happen, maybe they exaggerated this, I'm not right. too sure. Of course, of yeah, course so that was to, a gimmick. And of course, they have to reference the Catholic Church in some way, shape, or form. Of course, of course, course because heard, when, heard, they, when they realize, oh, there's a demon, you have to consult the church. Right. Okay, we need we need a we need a, we right. need a, a priest. We but can't okay, so from what, from what I understand, yeah. they, they explained this one quite well in the sense of why the church wasn't heavily involved in this as more. Than, and they didn't. They, why they get the two of them to do it instead? I hear they like worked in Africa quite well. In a way, yeah, yeah, yeah in a way, yeah. Um, so kind of like what happened. Well, all right. Well, let me just get into Conjuring Two without spoiling too much. So in the first film, there was um the one of the acts was um with Lorraine Warren, who's played once again by Vera Farmiga. Yeah. 
who I think looks very attractive for her age. <laughs> yeah, she's one of those. Um, yeah. Age and beautifully kind of kind of woman. Right. That's just my opinion. Exactly. So, um, there was this whole thing where she didn't want to be involved in an exorcism again because there was a prior case that took place before the whole Rhode Island thing where a guy was being possessed and they were trying to do this exorcism and she saw these very frightening images and they discarded. So, right. she just didn't want to be involved in anything exorcism. But because of what happened at the end of the first country, it was like, well, they couldn't really get the priest in time because of what was going on. So, Ed, played by um, Patrick Wilson, yeah. had to do the exorcism by himself. Night but out. in this case, it's because they're married. It's like, all right, I'll be there. I'll be there to help you. I know I have to face my face. So, it's, all, it's really that, that whole face. Right. face. That's like the main theme of the country. It's always about confronting one's fears. I love that. So in this case, with the second film, there was um, the Amity, there's this the, the, the situation in Amityville. I, I think it has to do with the actual case that were, that inspired, of course, the Amityville horror. Right. The classic 1979 movie, although I thought, in retrospect, it was kind of eh. yeah. And the remake overrated. Didn't care for it. Overrated. So overrated. yeah, she was she was once again affected by it like terribly, and because of that. Um, it became like this whole media circus. Like they were on the news because it basically was kind of like a failure. Like it didn't work. Right. Just them trying to find out what went on. It just one thing led to another, and you know they were they were in the, um, headlines and whatnot. Right. So whilst that was going on with the whole issue with Amityville, there was a situation going on in England where um, this family, well, you know, they're just living their, um, you know, they're just living their lives there, and then one day. They, you know, there's um, these ghosts, all these kind of weird figures that keep showing up. So there's this one girl, it's the Hudson family, actually. So this one girl, Janet, uh, played brilliantly by Madison Wolf. Oh, really? That's her name, yeah. So she starts hearing noises in the night. So her, um, her two sisters and um, um, their youngest brother. Yeah. They just keep seeing all these kind of weird images. And apparently what happened, there was, a, there was this guy that lived in that house and he died there like he died on his um on his um chair this kind of sofa so it's kind of recliner's chair and <laughs> apparently like he just keeps telling people this is my house like just trying to just scare people just scare this family out of the house right and what happened well the well new well the um news reporters got there and there's this really great scene where you see this actual like news report like a story right and you see, like, the whole awkward editing of it. So it's the same 8mm as well, too. So, like, they have this shot where these two policemen, well, a policeman and a policewoman were there. And um, they were they, they kind of investigated the place as well, too. They saw the freaky shit. They saw, um, they actually show just a uh, chair move just from left to right, and they got freaked out. Right. So you see them, like, walking into the frame. And then after, afterwards, you just see them cut to, like, them inside being interviewed. Them. So it's kind of weird. So, um, but it's kind of played for last, but at the same time, they don't really linger on the last so much, because, of course, the horror movie, yeah. right, you know. So, they um, come in there, and, you know, the, the suddenly the girl is possessed, Janet. She starts talking from the perspective of the old guy who died, and he's talking about, this is my house, yeah. his name is Billy, something, something, something. And then, like I said, you see other images. One creature in particular we see is something called the Crooked Man. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's... <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's this thing we call a zootrope. So it's this yeah, spinning okay. thing, and you see this little crooked man thing Walking, move yeah. there. All of a sudden, he just comes to life, and he says this poem about the crooked man. Right. So because <laughs> of how the new spin yeah. on, on it, um, well, they said, well, okay, well, we can't solve this by ourselves. So the church, now, well, at least the same priest from the last film gets in touch with Ed and Lorraine. It's like, yo, they have this situation here in England. 
we need you guys to go there and investigate this. Um, you know, I know what's going on with the whole Amityville thing, but you know, we can't really do it because XYZ. Yeah. But we need you guys there. So they go there. Of course, they, it's, it's basically like a retread of what happened with the first film. But of course, once again, it's about Lorraine having to confront her fears because um, she, is one, she is seeing an image as well, too, of this kind of freaky um, dead woman. Right. And she was seeing it at her home as well, too. And she had this kind of strange feeling that it was going to affect her family. But actually what it was is that um, during the whole Amityville thing, that was the image that she showed. That was the image that freaked her out and thought it was going to kill her husband. So it's all these kind of emotional stuff going on while they're trying to investigate this this ghost and you know stop it and all that. And that's what Conjuring 2 is about. So um, review-wise, um, I thought it was a, a very decent follow-up to the first film. Uh, one thing though you could tell is a bigger budget, so yeah. you know bigger effects, bigger sound design. The sound design is still on point. The jump scares are there, you know. And what I like, especially from um, you know their um, James Wan being the director again, yeah, is that this is not your PG thirteen jump scares where every five minutes, ten, yeah, and you expect to jump. Is just some cat coming out of a right. window? No, he plays the audience like you know he just playing the audience, manipulating them, you know. So one minute you're thinking, oh, something's going to happen as soon as he opens that door. Wait, there's nothing. <laughs> All right, so he goes back and lie down. Then you hear a noise, and then he goes back. Wait, there's nothing. And then it's either they might cut to like the next day, or then when you least expect it, something happens. Right. Something um, pops up. And just always at a moment where you don't expect. So yes, the jump scares are there. And <laughs> the thing is, like, I saw it in a, in a cinema with, well, uh, I saw it uh, well, a one o'clock show. Mm. And I was surprised there were people there. There was actually people there. Now. So right. like half the cinema was full. I don't cry, okay. So every time there was like this jump scare, there was like ah <laughs> laughing and thing. I was annoyed by it. I was annoyed throughout, but I didn't let that, you know, stop me from enjoying the film. And then of course you always have to have the people like, Don't open the door, you're shipping <laughs> up. Don't do that. Right. Yeah, I have right, like this is one scene where this boy where the, the little brother, he's Looking over the um passy door, right? So there's this moment, moment sorry, where um he has this uh tent pitched inside of his house yeah. by the doorway, right? By the hallway, sorry. And there's this toy truck there. So he 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 just um kicks the toy inside. The toy goes inside, and then all of a sudden the toy comes back out. Yeah. But before that happens, he just looking at the tent and he goes back. Then he looks back again, and then goes back. Then he looks back again, and then this these two ladies behind him is like, oh, you, you know you gotta look back again. <laughs> you know you look back again. Go back and sleep there. So you, you know, as, as soon as you go back and sleep, you hear any sound in the truck, yeah. and then you know one thing leads to another, which I won't reveal. And you know, it's it's one of those shows that you know if you go in with a crowd, real people go, ha ha ha. And you know, what, moments when you jump, you jump, and people right. laugh when they jump. I jump a few times, you know, through it. But um, what I really like is just the you know the characters. I love the emotion behind it. Yeah. It's not just scares for the sake of you know being scared. You know they have these real characters. Uh, once again with Ed and Lorraine Warren played brilliantly again by Vera and Patrick. They are great as well too. They yeah. have that chemistry. And what I like is just that whole personal thing. Like you know they're doing this job. You know at some point in time you're gonna affect them psychologically. Yeah. So once again it affects Lorraine because she's a clairvoyant, so she sees things that her husband doesn't really see. Right. And, you know, it's just once again her uh, having to deal with her fear. So once, well, in this case, her fear is that um, the same demon thing that has been haunting her is going to kill Ed. Right. While at the same time, you have this girl being tormented. And, you know, props to uh, Madison, who plays um, Janet. 
you know, she really carried this film on her on her shoulders. You know, at such a young age, she was great. Mm-hmm. And you know, just her family just wanting out of it. You know, any mother in particular is like, you know, leave us alone, get out of here, that kind of. You know, she plays that that motherly character. You know, yeah. she plays that well. Um, if I have one gripe with the film is that it really does feel beat for beat narratively wise. The same thing like the first film. You know, right. It really feels like, yeah, this is just a repeat of the first film, but just with a bigger budget and in a new location. But, yeah. you know, as far as, sequel go, as, as far as sequels go, I think that's a good thing. You know, it's kind of like what Evil Dead was. Right. Evil Dead 2 literally is kind of like a remake of the first one. You just you add a few more characters, your budget is bigger, and you just do more crazy shit. And that's technically what they do with the Conjuring 2, you know? Uh, once again, it's shot very well, edited very well as well, too. Sound design, I love. Cinematography was great. Uh, the music was same guy who did the music as well for the first one was was on point. Um, so yeah, other than that, really great horror film and one of the few horror sequels that I could say is just as good if not better than the original. So I would give this one a light four out of five stars. Definitely yeah. see it in the big screen. Okay. Um, if you if 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 it could stomach being around people who laugh and giggle when you know they they, they get scared or, right. ah, yeah, 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 or whatever. Yeah. Very you know, if you can just stomach through it, then you'll well, yeah. enjoy it. Or if you want to, you can just wait till it comes out on home media. You can watch it right. in, in the privacy of your own home, in the dark. And when you jump, it's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> but other than that, great follow-up. I wouldn't say it's... Um, well, actually, I could say it's probably one of probably the best horror movies I've seen this year. Second, of course, to The Witch. Right, The Witch. Yeah. Yeah. Witch or whatever. Yeah. The Witch. Yeah. The Witch. Yeah. But yeah. like I say, as far as horror sequels go... This is excellent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So speaking of sequels, yeah, let's get into Finding Dory. Yeah, yeah. Sequel. Which was a sequel uh, that everyone was waiting yeah. for. Oh yeah. Since the first one came out in 2003, it was like, God damn, when we gonna get the sequel, boy? Yeah. Thirteen uh, years, boy. We're now getting it. Wow. Said no one. Yeah. Uh, not sure if this needed a sequel. No. Okay. So. It did need a sequel. Come on. Before we talk about Finding Dory, we have to talk about Piper. Yes. The Piper. Short film that Piper. Alright, so every every Pixar film, uh, Disney film mostly, has a little short film before it. And Matthew, I'll have to say this is probably the best one I've ever seen. I totally agree. From Holy that shot, crap. This I was, was like, amazing. This is the most photorealistic thing I've ever seen yeah. for Pixar. Period. This is amazing. What it's a really it's a short film about a bird having to learn lessons about feeding itself and growing up kind of. It's a coming of age tale, but it has to learn in its own way. Yeah, That's so, it. So, yeah, so the, Simple the, message. Um, what, what type of birds were they? they were, um, seagulls, right? Right? Look like seagulls. No, that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it's just basically this chick learning having to face the space of the, the ocean. Yeah. The ocean, you know, current coming down. Yeah. And get his, you know, get feed itself basically. Yeah. And yeah. But wow. Let's just talk about how beautiful this dancing thing look. It look amazing. Yeah. So if you were to give a rating on this alone. Five. Five. Out of five. Perfect. It has to. This most likely going to win the Oscar yeah. for best animated show. That this, was, and this was actually better than the, the short that they made last year, which was the one with the two volcanoes. No, that was terrible. That's what they did for um, Inside Out. For Inside Out. No, yeah, the, the one with the volcano, the, lava. The song, yeah, lava. Lava. That was that was terrible. Song, no, what really made it was the hated song. Lava. The song was was kind of like oh. Hated lava. But other than that, this is like, a terrible pun. Um, I mean, seriously, to no, it, that didn't work. That didn't work at all for me. That was terrible. <laughs> No, no but Pixar, Pixar almost always had a really good uh, track record when it comes to those little shorts. You were with the clouds, you were with the. You had the one with the, the two guys in the band trying to impress the little girl. Right. And a bunch there of was those. one that they. I forgot the name of it where it was about paper. Yeah, the paper planes one. Yeah, great. That was a great one. That was a great one. For what a 
thing was for Toy Story Three right. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. They have a bunch of great ones. The one with the clouds, the one with the thing, had one with the magician. Yeah, right, that's right. a great with him and the rabbit. Great. Um, but this, uh, this was transcendent. Yeah. This was and, like and what kept I, me is that well, know, well, ever since ever since Finding Nemo, um, I saw that Pixar was always trying to perfect the art of how to make water, yes. well, at least the ocean look good. Yeah. The perfect a little bit more with the Incredibles, especially with how the hair look when they got yeah. wet and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, glossy, but this but one, yeah. just how the ocean oh, looked. Yeah, my boy. goodness. This was yeah. this was really impressive. Was this blew me away. I did not expect this yeah. to be so damn good. And what I love, I love the depth of feel. Yeah, as yeah. Well. So, they had, yeah. so they had, like so they had, the, yeah, they got a sense of the shift in focus stuff. Yeah. And so, like and when they focus on the chick. Yeah, you check that. the camera move and yeah. the camera the movement. So, hey, my gosh, this is this was this was incredible. It blew, it blew me away. It yeah. looked it looked really really good. This was impressive. Yeah. So yeah. Although, well, although it was it was it, it, although if if I won gripe again with more gripes is that. It yeah. wasn't really so much about story as it's just about, well, it, it, it kind of no. gives the scenario of you're this photographer. Right. You're just observing yes. this chick doing it. Yeah. That's what you know, it, it, right. really it was. Right. But that's what it was. It, it, it had that kind of documentary style, yeah. you know, like animal you're, Like you're watching a, a David Attenborough right. short. Right. That's what it felt like. It's, and you get the sense of the chick. Yeah. Because everything is just, there's no dialogue. Yeah. So it's just beep, 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 Yeah, beep, you have beep, a little beep, character beep. with the with the little crap. um crap things, yeah. but then that is just really you observing this chick doing this thing. But yeah. Yeah. So, so guys, um, alone, not alone. I, I, I know some people like oh, to right. show up late for films, but definitely nope, not for reach that. early, watch, watch that. a short. Watch that. You will not regret it, guys. That blew me away from the start. Yeah. That alone was good kind of price. I had to kind of say that a little bit. I, I asked for a sequel. Yes, as soon sure. as no, it ended, that, I asked for a sequel. Whoever, whoever working on that had to get a job. You know, the last good one was for me. Um, The one where, I think the one for Big Hero 6. That was with, with the dog. Yes, yeah. I remember. That's that. a nice little one. Yeah, I, although I didn't, I didn't see Big Hero Six on big screen, but right. I, I have the DVD. Right. But the short is there. I love yeah. that where you saw um, the dog over the time, dog over yeah, time and the eating and stuff. I love yeah. that. That was clever. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the last good one I really like, and I, I was really impressed with that. But this, this one on next level though. This yeah. really blew me away. My goodness, this was wow. This yeah. they, whoever I don't know. They had to make a movie for no other birds, but whatever. They had to do something on that level. Something. Yeah, yeah. I don't, exactly. I don't, I don't. I don't. I short will get a sequel. That'll be like a standard. But mm. just there's that tech. The well, they don't need to make a sequel. They have the a story to tell. The but techniques yeah. or whatever it is, but just do that. Cause yeah. that was that yeah. blow me away. Yeah. Really impressive. Loved it. Uh, so, <laughs> you want to talk about finding Nemo for a bit? Like, what you like? Do you love finding Nemo finding as Nemo much? Finding Nemo is. I love it. <laughs> I was kind of okay. By the time that came out, I was. It, technically, it was it was impressive, but by the time it came out, I was a little too old for it. So I didn't care as much as other people. Oh. Uh, I know people loved it a little too much. Right. It, no, yeah. but it was a product of its time in the sense of nobody it didn't have anything on that level. Pixar wasn't really putting out anything that was truly impressive, like tech wise. To me, that was their movie that really put them in shots to me. Well, like, it was Monsters Inc. But uh, yeah, but I don't think I don't I never get the sense that Monsters Inc. was truly at that at that level. Finally, it was to be the first really big Pixar. Like yeah, Pixar was uh, well, I think Monsters Inc. was just more character. Right. Pixar. By yeah, because Pixar blew everybody away with. Uh, with Toy Story, of and course, it's like, yeah. oh right, they, they pull off the 3D thing, but it was still the 3D thing. It's like, yeah. okay, it's just for the 3D thing, but Toy Story on its own, for me personally, never really getting into it as much. Personally, all right. Uh, I mean, I like the series, but right? Although, and then, yeah. uh, answer, I like no, I'm sorry, uh, Bugs Life. Okay, now uh, uh, actually, actually I've never seen a Bugs Life. Right, believe it or not, Bugs Life was solid, but again, it was still not trans like on that level. Because it still feel like animation, still feel crap. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then. With Finding Nemo, they will really tell a story. That's when it will yeah. really pick up. And this this whole galvanizing level of popularity. 
Yeah. That you have with it. I think first time picks are relatively do that. I think not mon- I can't it, say monsters in quotes on that. Yeah, I mean thinking because it, it shows us a world that we never see before. Right. And then it's already under the sea. Yeah, the whole, whole, whole ocean like, stuff already like pull off. And then, you know, the whole father, the son handicapped, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um it's still my personal is I got into an argument with our first suit, you know, pseudo episode with uh, Michael. Oh yeah, right, right. Where we talked about uh what was, inside the, out, what was yeah. the best right, but what was right and it was inside out and what was, what was the best what people consider the best of the Pixar films. Pixar films who are arguing about that. I might say my personal favorite was Incredible. Incredibles, yeah. And then I consider Ratatouille pretty high. And I actually yeah, we were like, what? Ratatouille? Yeah, and I actually <laughs> love Ratatouille. But yeah, I, I actually prefer Wally more than, than that. No, but Rat- Ratatouille too. built up the end. Ratatouille has that hockey stick level quality. Right. Normal yeah. film until that last until that end. That last end. Yeah, that last end. They just put it up on the stratosphere for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, the end was nice. The end, yeah. the end was nice. It hit hard. Yeah. I give it that. Perfect. Uh, for me. Uh, but mm. it just something about the premise was like, uh, but that's it was imaginative. I'll give it that. But, that, just, but that's the whole but, point. Uh, that, that was kind of the whole point around to me. It was, uh, it, that was the point of it because it validated the end. Yeah. Because the whole point is it plays on that, um, that stereotype mm-hmm. or the, the prejudice, I should say. Right. Um, I, I see. Yeah. Right. So Finding Nemo is never, I don't know, it never pulled me in as much as it should. By the way, it's um, another, well, it's another Father's Day kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And, um, all I would say about Finding Nemo really made it work is just, Emotion, right. like it wasn't entirely this heart wrenching film. I mean, for me, like I, I actually watched it over same day before I watched um Dory. Right, it really serves a, as a great adventure movie. Right, it has lots of adventure. As a, I love the pace of it. You know, yeah. it really feels like one dangerous situ- situation after the next. It really felt like yeah, this is like a legit adventure movie, but it has heart. It, it has soul. Right. It, you know, especially with the relationship between uh, Marlon, yeah, you know, Albert Brooks's character, Albert, yeah. Yeah. trying to see well, how far you would go to. Get this son, on. you know yeah. that was the real thing. You know how it ends is really this hard woman yeah. end. I love that. You know, and, and the characters, really the characters as yeah. well too. So yeah, and it, a lot, it was big, really popular. It yeah. actually caused all these 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 side bad side effects, unfortunately, because now everybody wants to get fish, clownfish like Nemo. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, and it have some like disturbing things if you know how clownfish actually behave in biology. It's like uh, it's kind of creepy. Whatever. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. The thing with it, so with Finding Dory, they kind of follow up on something, which is yeah, the character had a quirk. Yeah. But then they realize, oh, this thing that you were, <laughs> which is a little, blah. Yeah, so it, to me, they kind of, they kind of, you know, slap it on a little too much, which is the whole disability stuff. Yeah. Like, and they kind oh, of, gosh, well, I guess, yeah, so sure, to memory loss. Right. Oh, but the whole thing but is, the a, first one's like, ah, you know, with this one, like, oh. Exactly. It's yeah. like, wait, this thing you was laughing at all the time. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, which, like, which was a bold move by Pixar. Right. They uh, had to do that because she's the character. Can't right. Just, Right, like you can't just have a like a, like I don't know, um, like a Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean character right. where he's dumb because right, it's just he wrote him that way. In this yeah. case is like, yeah, right. she, she, she has this short, um, short to memory loss, right. but you know, it's not so much, it's not laughable, it's not as funny as you might right. think. Right. You know, um, yeah. This, this film, okay, so it follows up quite well. Um, they get into yeah. Well, happen- well <sighs> that's that's one to be fair. Get to what it's about. Um. I like how it really feels. It, it really feels like it just came out like a couple of years after the, the first. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. So it really it's feels like yeah, we're back here. I remember. I, I was hearing. I hearing a couple of people say, you know, it's a it's a straight to DVD stuff. And I was like, no, oh, hell no. Nah, it's a solid hell film on its own. No. Solid film on its own. Yeah. It's not. It's not a. Me- it's it's inferior sequel. I gotta be clear here. It's an inferior sequel. Yeah. Not. Yeah. A, I, I I still like it, but it's an inferior sequel. Yeah. Um. We want to get into what it's about. Right. So it's about um, Dory. The, I forget what kind of fish he is. He's a yellow tail 
something. Jesus, I forgot the name of the yeah. name. Yeah, anyway, she played, played by <laughs> Voice. Ellen, Voice. generous once again. Yeah, quite brilliantly. Yeah. Famous. She yeah. is Dory, guys. She yes, is. very, very good voice actor in this. Um, she basically gets a memory of her parents. And yeah. then you yeah, like snippets actually. Of right. It. And then she, she, so she kind of feeds back how to find her parents. And the, the whole idea is that she has to find her parents after how many years. She yeah. they, they go into flashbacks of her as a child, um, which is young. And then they do a, they basically how she gets lost. Mm-hmm. Why she gets lost. Because of her short-term memory loss. How the parents can really account. Why and how she got lost. Yeah. Right. And then the how she can account for... How the parents can account for being lost and why she couldn't find them back. Yeah. And years pass. A lot of time pass. And how she... And then they, they get into they explain something quite well. They, they do it at the end of the film, which is the real strength of this film for me. Um, the idea of well, how handicapped people operate in the world. Yeah, that's the message. And how they being how they it's are about, treated as well. It's about disabilities. Yeah. and disabilities in our modern society. They, they, they do that um, simple workable metaphor quite well. Yeah, and the idea of um, I don't know if you know the term. But the term is the term Felix Culpa. You know what it no. means? Basically, means beautiful accident. Or beautiful mistake. Oh, okay. You know, it's so you're born with this, but yeah, exactly. But you can yeah. take it and make it work even better yeah. than even if you didn't, you didn't have it ultimately. So it's you're switching. You know, the whole handy capability paradigm. Yeah. Um, so you're better, or you're better now because you have this. this right. Ability. Virtually every character in this show has something like that. It's not just Dory with his smaller fin. Sorry, it's not just Nemo, uh, Nemo with, with his smaller fin. But it's uh, it's uh, Ed O'Neill plays an octopus. Yeah. yeah um, Hank. Great. Yeah, favorite character in this Great. whole show. Yeah. Love them. Yeah. I don't need if anybody knows Mario Children. Rachel. Yeah, but for the older heads, yeah. Mario Children for the yeah. younger heads. Um, um the show. Had, they had a. Oh gosh, uh, what's the name of the show with uh, Sophia Vergara? Um, Modern Family. Yeah, Modern Family. Yeah. yeah, never got into it, but yeah. Yeah, he is in that. They had a. Uh, they had a a, a whale. Uh, yeah, she, I forgot she, the name of the whale. Yeah, she was short sighted, and the other one couldn't use his um. Yeah, echolocation apparently. Yeah, even though he's using it himself. Um, and they focus on just Dory backtracking and making sense of what goes back. They learn about what they do, what they try to avoid is making the humans look bad. Because it's a movie that I'm not sure if it was made before or after the famous documentary Blackfish. Oh, yeah. So it was yeah, really, I, really easy to, to, to vilify the humans in this. Yeah, especially with the, with, the, with, the, with the setting of this film, right. which is this um, marine, marine aquarium. But what it was yeah. is to fix sick fish essentially and then release them back into the world. Yeah. So it's still them being good, I suppose. So go on, the river has a small cameo in it. Yeah, and always, what was funny is that you know even like I, I was I was and thinking really that we were gonna do like um like um of course SpongeBob SquarePants movie where right. I am David Hasselhoff. Right. I thought you would see right. Sigourney Weaver, but you know you just hear for it. Right. And I it's, am it's, it's in the world. Blah, blah. It's built into the world quite well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And um. It, but one question: Do you, from from what you know, I don't know if you know, but um, you know if Weaver does is involved. Or has been involved in those kind of things? Quite possibly. I have right. no idea. Um, she was I was kind of wondering, like, what she was right. doing there? Was she in a... Was or was she in a documentary? No, it is James, James Cameron. Oh, oh um, the, the, the documentary, The Abyss. The Abyss? She was in that, right? No. I can't remember. Oh, um, they collaborated on Aliens. Right. Right. She was, No, she wasn't in The Abyss. But no. I'm wondering if is uh, if it's a James Cameron reference. Possibly. The reason why she's in this movie. Not sure. Yeah. Whatever. I didn't really get the significance of it. Um, I probably learned later some factoid on the internet yeah. uh, about that. It's kind of, it was kind of, it was like, hey, so what do we go? Oh, shit. Yeah. What's she doing here? Yeah. But, you know. Um, she, it was good. Anyway, they, they get into the narrative of the fish getting from point A to point B. Yeah, of course. A little bit of a stretch in this one, I find. Yeah, to have the, them. The, the, the scenario's kind of like, yeah, just like, 
okay, well, we had to have this part here so you could get across. So right. And I have I had a little too many scenarios of the fish having to go from point to point. That was a little bit of a stretch. This one, again, it's a solid script, but it's nowhere near as good as other Pixar movies. Like, for me, Inside Out was their true return to form. Of course, yeah. Um, but this one wasn't really on that point. Uh, no. But I, I enjoyed it. Good voice acting. And again, yeah. the central message of hand capability works. Um, um, it was nice. Good animation. Yeah. Of course, of course. A- animation is still stellar. Humor, humor is pretty good, mostly because especially when the, the sperm whales will argue with each other. Yeah, yeah, the, that, that was cool. and thing. Yeah, um, um, I actually like the yeah, uh, I like the new characters. I like yeah. I loved Hank. I thought he was the best character in the yeah. whole show. Uh, his character was just basically I want to get to this place in Cleveland. Yeah. And Dory has this tag that she receives, you know, as soon as she reaches to that marine place. Yeah. It's like I want that tag. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna help you out. Just give me that tag. Yeah. Okay, I'll help you out here. Give me that tag. And that's that's his his, his running. Yeah. And so they do a, a lot of great stuff with it. It's oh, and he has this great this he does a lot of great camouflage stuff. I yeah. Love they, have a, they have a running joke with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, this one. So they, they, the main focus was the yeah, the pressure on the, on the, on the parents. And then they, they really get into the whole idea of losing memory. That's They actually made it quite scary. Yeah, and yeah. It was a pretty dark film in that way. I mean, it was yeah, like, like it really fell for her in, in some moments, you know, yeah. especially like in the, the third act where yeah. she's all alone. Yes. And, and one thing I really, really loved about um, well, Nemo, well, the, the whole Nemo thing is that, yes, you're in the ocean, you know, like they even mentioned in the, first, in the um, opening dialogue for this movie here. Where you know there's a lot of fish here, you know it could have been anybody that just called us, you know. Right. You could you have a sense that yeah, there's there's a wide array of animals out here, a lot of fish, sorry. Right. But you know you could reach a point where it's just you by yourself and you feel yeah. alone, you feel yeah. scared. I love how the film always kind of stops and really, I really no, get that that's sense the thing, of script, so, so because the, the thing is when you're doing the whole memory thing, you know it's a it's a difficult thing to write script script wise. Because how are you going to quote... Memento, a, anyone? Right. <laughs> how are you going to write? Exactly. They make it really dark in that way, which is how are you going to write this scriptwise and have it be quote-unquote consistent with the loss of memory? Yeah. Does it work the same way all the time? Sometimes she doesn't... She, she remembers, other times not so much, but they, yeah. they balance it and they try to select. And it, I, it, I have to watch over the movie to see how consistent they are. And I'm going to spend that much effort or energy to do this, frankly, um, to see how consistent they are with the memory loss stuff. Not yeah. sure. Coming on to the, the third act, especially with the truck driving stuff. Yeah. Although I like that. I, it, was, it was entertaining. It was, it was silly, but I, I like that, that too. That it right. was fun. But yeah, so it, it Way was... Way overblown, but it was... Fun. Right, but it, 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 you're not sure how consistent it was. And I think that's why the writing wasn't too good in that way. Yeah. But even other movies suffered from it anyway. And I find Inside Out, same thing. Yeah. You're not sure how well they keep True. going. But then, again, but then again, just like the previous fine anymore, um, you always had these, these kind of offbeat characters. Right. So in this case, you have this this um, this bird. His name, her name is Becky. Yeah, that's what it is. She was just like... Well, I don't want to call her retard, but <laughs> no, no, yeah. The, the whole the whole thing is about disability. So yeah. she had you're not sure what she had, and then they had a part with a seal, and they get yeah, vaccinated. Well, sea lions, two sea lions. Two, right. One of them Sorry, yeah, she was voiced by Idris Elba. So right, you can tell. Once again, right. doing voices for animals. Wow, yeah. you have a big ear, but yeah, but yeah. Um, but I didn't really feel that whole like at first it was kind of funny where you know you had these two of them talking, and then you had the third one. The right. challenge one. Right. Like, oh, get her. Ah, ah, you know, and yeah, they're like, well, that makes her like a real prick. Like, right. What are you doing that for? Yeah. So you're not sure with the, the mental. The, the whole thing was about that. So, yeah. It worked. Um, But story wise, it was okay. Um, yeah. I, Like at first, I was wondering, okay, how seeing this film with Dory, like, you know, like at first, when it kind of started, like, all right, this whole narrative with Dory going to work well. Yeah. Not too sure. Yeah. But it's the moment where she got captured. You right. Know, where she's in this new place. Yeah. And she has to get from where she is back home. Yeah. That's when it really started to pick up for yeah. me. Like, okay, right. Now, 
now, now on with her. Now I want to see how she's going to get out of this situation. She does her, you know, she she does her best, you know. She yeah. gets help, of course, but, you know, she figures things out. And when she does, like, wow, you know. Yeah. Like, I love that point when she mentions that, you know, octopus have three hearts, like, yeah. Wow. And then, yeah, you see how she loses. Yeah. Like, oh. And, but that's the thing with her is that you get a sense of her using, again, the whole taking advantage of your so called weakness. Yeah. Because she, she does general information to make sense of the world. Like, she does a good job with, they do a good job with that. With, with the whole, not only is it to do with, with handy capability, but the idea of randomness and planning. Yeah. About the world. The world is very random. Many people, supposedly rational people, have plans. That, yeah. That, that, that was the message. That I love work that. work astronomically fail. Yeah, and so that was like, man, a, and you have to she, have a plan. She's just like, well, no. No, sometimes you don't have, sometimes you're planning. You don't work plan. out. And she, she, because she don't have to rely on that memory stuff, it works in her favor. The ultimate. How, she, how she thinks, how she operates and designs herself to, to yeah. operate in the world. And it's really well done. Yeah, and, and then there was this thing that Hank said, you know, well, maybe it's easy to forget. Maybe it's good that you forget. Right, you know? yeah. They do a good that job with that nice, too. Uh, yeah. line there. Yeah, and that, that last part where she tells, yeah, the part with planning and that part with, with forgetting, how you like to forget. Well, but actual information octopuses are ridiculously smart, actually. In real life. Like, uh, so that whole thing, yeah, because, because that, whole, situation. that whole thing with him escaping, that's a real world thing. That's yeah, I know. Like, like I was going to say, like I saw the video where um, this octopus was in this um, this aquarium. Yeah. And he slid his... It was on a boat, actually. Yeah. So he slid his way out of the boat, slid his way on the floor, and yeah. got back into the water. Yeah, I was and like, escaped, yeah. That's hard, though. Yeah, yeah, but the whole thing with him, the whole cloaking thing, and then the whole... Well, the cloaking thing is a bit stretching. This of course, yeah. But yeah. The, uh, and in, 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 and in, then another in, problem... Well, had, maybe in the ocean, but not in the real world. I mean, come on. Well, you can probably get away with that, but another big thing... Because I remember seeing octopuses do that on boats. Like, yeah. you go on the boat and turn the same color almost immediately. All right. I've seen that done that before. Um, but no, but it have, it have a case of an octopus actually escaping from an aquarium on land eh, and getting back. Oh. Like, it, it's a real story. So it have many cases of it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I didn't care for, again, a bit of a stretch with the second cartoon was he's swigging. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Octopuses can't do oh, that. Little too much. <laughs> Sorry. A little yeah. bit of a stretch. Some um, things are just a right. little overblown. Like, right. Like I said, the last act right. with the little car chase sequence. That's all yeah. I would say about it. Yeah. Really over the top, but I thought it was it was it was just so entertaining, and that's what I love about this show is that it just moves at such a quick pace yeah. that even at times where it's, a, where it's like, well, yeah, this is kind of dumb, this is kind of silly. Right, a little bit. It, it does, moves it at it such a quick pace, like yeah, you don't even care. This is yeah. a fun movie, so right. eat your popcorn and shut up and just laugh. Right. You know? So it wasn't the best sequel. Yeah, not uh, the best sequel in the world. But no, but I, should it say, I should say I should say from the usual sequel items, um, which is it kind of had to do its own story again. Yeah, but they and decided then, to cut uh, well, one things. thing too, I find that they, they kind of underutilize Nemo in particular. Right. No reference, yeah. very little reference to Nemo Especially himself. Especially in the end, it was like, yeah, yeah. Nemo in all of yeah, this. Yeah, Nemo, Nemo, nobody cares about Nemo in this. It's, it's finding Dory. Yeah, but Nemo and, they, and they do a nice little yeah. double meaning with you will find Dory because she has to find herself and understand what she's yeah. about. But once again, the dynamic between, between, between Nemo and, and Ma, it was great too. And right. you know, Ma is like overthinking things. Was right. Like, Nemo's like, no, no, no. Um, Try this instead. You know, right. Dad, do this. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You know? And they 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 focus on Dory and make it work. Um, and they, they got into the, the idea very well of again she understanding herself. And again, it's for disabled kids. That's what it's about. So it's it the movie is clearly skewed younger. Even yeah, though it yeah, has yeah. its dark moments, it's clearly skewed younger. It's not for I can't say if you're familiar with Nemo and then you grew up now that you'll like it. It's for people who genuinely don't remember the fight in Nemo. Right, and it's clearly it's it's trying to be its own thing, even though it's a yeah, sequel. I, I, yeah, I like that. Instead it of re- it's, it writing instead of really right. using the um the first film like yeah. to support it now, like right. how I could argue Toy Story did exactly. 
we're using nostalgia of the first two, so right. that's why you love three. No, it no, didn't yeah. really rely on nostalgia too much. Exactly. I thought they were going to, but they didn't. Yeah, they, they did their own thing. I, but uh, they, it's, I think it's, it's catered for younger disabled kids and the idea of accepting disability and how to work with that in life. Yeah. You know, how people, are, yeah, okay, you know, life sucks in that way. And young kids, look, how are you going to explain that to low children? Yeah. The movie does a good job with it. It's, it's a very solid script in my opinion. It's yeah. good writing. Um, yeah, not, not perfect, of course. Um, you're well, gonna give your reason. Voice acting was great. Yeah. Animation was was good. Like I say, it feels just like the first one. It looks just like the first one, which isn't a bad thing. But you know, it it, um, it kind of gives this impression like yeah, this movie came out literally like if I didn't know this movie came out in 2016, I could have swear this came out like two, three years after. The right. Yeah. One. Exactly. Uh, it wouldn't have mattered to me. Right. Time. Exactly. Those kind of time. That's another thing. Yeah. Uh, all yeah, right, I, so you're gonna give your rating. Yeah, so for me, I would give this a decent four to five stars. Right. Definitely see it on big screen. Go early, like I like I said before, go and see the short film. But definitely you're gonna have fun with it. Kids gonna have fun with it. You know, if you love the first Nemo, then you know you you you'll enjoy this movie just as much. Maybe not as much as the first one. Reason being is because I forgot to mention it doesn't hit you that it right. doesn't hit you emo- that emotionally. Compared to the first one, you know, the yeah, emotion, really it, it, felt, it felt more not so much. It didn't felt, yeah, it, it, a lot of the emotion talking felt more heartstrings, yeah. kind of. Yeah, it was, more, it was more on the story than right. so much. Well, we had a right, you had to be, you had to cry it, here, you had to right. It was a little, 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 little cynical, the arch, right? It was not subtle as it should have been, um, yeah. but that was about it. Uh, yeah, I give this one a very low IMAX, all right, very low IMAX, um, it or very, very high movie tongue. It, it just balancing gear, yeah, on that, uh. It's solid. It's worth your time, um, yeah. your money. Well, actually, and actually, same as for buying this on Blu-ray. Right, yeah, exactly. And it's not a, and it's not a straight to DVD movie. It's no, not like the typical no, Disney. Far from it. It's not the typical Disney sequel, crappy sequels that yeah. don't need to be in theaters. I think this one was definitely deserved to be in theaters. It's solid. Um, good yeah. voice acting all around. Yeah, I just, I just wish solid. I came out way way sooner. Though. Why right. you had to wait thirteen years? Well, after? whatever. I think maybe that's, that's think one of the interesting things that you know, out of all, like for me, like I think Cars three coming next. Why? Yeah, whatever. The only sequel that people want, most people want, from what I understand, Incredibles. is Incredibles. That's it. Because it, it, the way it ended and how it left open the world, it, it worked that yeah. way. So, whatever. But, I don't know, maybe we might get that in 2020. Well, it's coming. It's coming. We know, we know the Incredibles stuff. Um, see, I think it's 2019. Oh, so it is scheduled then. Yeah, it's supposed to be 15 years after the first one. Oh, so it's timed then. So they yeah. literally... Oh, yeah. And then the so whole point... So again, see them older. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's, it's most likely it's most likely Dash will be 15 years old. That kind of stuff. <laughs> all right, all right. So everybody will like be yeah. First in in high school kind of thing. I well, no, because his character was what like 10. In, how old his character was in the first one? Um, I like think a, he was like about 10 or something. So yeah, I gotta say, I get feel he was about nine or ten. Yeah. Um. So this one is supposed to be about mid twenties. Oh. If anything. Just imagine that him trying to get a job or something. So. Well, no, they, I, just imagine story, I don't know what they're gonna scenario. do with it. I get it. I what I feel it might do. Oh, yeah, well, that's pure speculation. Yeah. I, I, what I thought he was gonna do is do the flip, the flip argument of people in power, you know, with responsibility. So they go, oh, okay, so you're okay. gonna get a, a Magneto X-Men kind of scene going on where you're gonna have people with powers gonna wanna abuse it, and they're gonna be bitter because of the past. Oh, you and mean then, like, like wanting to, to be part of society? Right, and, and then this, you know, the society, remember society rejecting rules. Yeah. Whole thing so now they become part of society. So now what will and happen? And then they love villains who just exploit that now, because really supers gonna be versus supers. So that's why yeah. I think that's what I think this script gonna be. Whatever. It's Brad Bird. <laughs> it's Brad yeah. Bird. He's going to write it smart, hopefully. Um, even though um, his last movie wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But that's it. Right. So, so, yeah. So that's pretty much about it. Yeah. So we talked about E3. Yeah. Talked about OJ, Made in America. Yeah. 
still one of the best movies I've seen this year. But you know, if you've seen it, guys, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Um, Reasonable doubt. Yeah. So one of my all-time favorite albums. Definitely check it out. What do you think about that too? And of course, well, yeah, um, the All Eyes on Me trailer, teaser, whatever. Yeah. Um, what else? Conjuring too. Yeah. So, like I say, bet one of the best horror sequels I've seen in a long while. So definitely check it out. And if you have, let us know what you thought about it. Same thing goes for Finding Dory. Yeah. Not the best sequel in the world. Yeah. Came out a little too late, in my opinion. Right. But still a worthy sequel. Yeah, so want solid. to check out. Still solid. Yeah. All right. So with that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you? You could find me at Basat, R-M-E-D-D-Y. That is at R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. And then you can just type in my name on Facebook. I am the second most important Ricardo Medina, like a sequel. On Facebook. Alright, so somewhere, um, 2000 Leagues Beyond the Sea, you can find me on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, just type in Legally Black MJB, MJB and capital letters. And also, if you go to the deepest regions of, I don't know, the Great um, Barrier Reef. The Great Barrier Reef, however, um, you can just find me on Facebook, just type in Max Bailey. Um, also, the link to this podcast and other podcasts and written reviews. Of course, for the one for Reasonable Doubt as well, too, you could find on uh, Illegally Black official fan base. And of course, the link to, uh, sorry, the site for the blog, of course, is legallyblack.wordpress.com. Please check it out yeah. and leave a comment or two. Okay. Uh, so, what else? Anything else to look forward to? Well, we have yes, Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah. Uh, coming out um, next week. Yeah. And then this broadcast. Right. And then, uh, well, the unfortunate death of uh, Anton yeah, Anton Yelchin. Yelchin. Um, of course, Star, Star Trek. Trek Beyond. Yeah, coming out. Uh, yeah, we're going to check that out as well, yeah. too. Once again, rest in peace. Yeah, Anton. it's really, really unfortunate and sad. It's very sad news. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, Central Intelligence. That's a movie we haven't talked about. Yes, I have not seen it. About it. I'm not seeing it. I don't know. Skeptical. Uh, but I wait, but the thing is, I waited for a couple other comments. I really thought, never stop, never stop. It would have come out. Yeah. Pop star. But I, I, I get a chance to see that yet. Again. Have a bunch of other, it has no movie coming out. Oh crap, what is what's coming out? Um, uh, um the BFG. Oh no, you know what coming out? Uh yeah, BFG coming BFG, out. Yeah. That, I hear that I hear good news about that. Um a movie that came out last year in TFF. It was uh September's of Shiraz. That should be coming soon. I saw the advert on local TV actually. So right. I think it's coming out this week. Right. So I'll make the effort to go see that. Alright, what so, what is it about? Like uh, I just it's about a Jewish it's about a Jewish early in Iran. Alright, and some, although, some although they had me at Sama Hayek. Right, Sama Hayek is it. Sama Hayek is it. Um, Adrian Brody in it, yeah. and this this woman who's the husky Iranian woman voice. She's a massive and bunch of sci-fi. She was in the Expanse of I forget her name. Right, yeah, if, if I see her face, I probably might. Yeah, I'll know the voice. Okay, the voice. Okay. Okay. I really forget her name. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much about it. Solid. Guys. Yeah. Yeah, so once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Machu Bili and Pado Medina. Yes, I will sign out, so yeah. take care, guys. Right. Later. Peace. Bye. Bye.